Welcome back to the Animals at Home podcast. Again, this is a continuation of the live series that I did at the 2023 Canadian Reptile Breeders Expo in Toronto, Canada. On today's episode, we were joined by James Graham of Top Shelf Geckos, Fatty from Daffy's Reptiles, Robin Small from Ontario Iguana, Natalie from Natatax on Instagram, Brandon Van Asten of Canadian Cold Blood, who is one of the premier breeders of tree monitors really in the world. We had Ashley Dezan drop by of Reptibites and Northern Light Imports. Nick Betron of NI Reptiles, that's Nick's Intriguing Reptiles on Instagram. And finally, Darren Hamill of Darren Hamill Reptiles. Every single segment of this episode is absolutely worth listening to. There's golden nuggets in each of these, and I had a blast chatting with these people. Again, a massive thanks to Greg Nicotin over at Beneath the Canopy Exotics. You can find him on Instagram. Please go give him a follow. He was what made these shows possible, being my co-host and wrangling guests, and it was just incredible. So again, thank you so much, Greg. Enjoy this episode of the live podcast from Sunday at the Canadian Reptile Breeders Expo. Hi, that. I think we're in... People, five people posture. are in the show. My posture. Oh my god! All right, guys, welcome to day two of the Canadian Reptile Breeders Expo. We have a live show again. We have a lot of different people that are popping by today, so it's going to be a fun day. We could be here for three, four, five hours. I don't even know. We won't be here that long. I hope not. Our backs will be destroyed by then. Yeah, I'm seeing your voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my voice oh. is destroyed. This is the first day uh, time on day two that I'm already losing my voice. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that yeah. I have a voice this morning because it's just like a whole day of talking louder than you're normally yeah. talking. Dylan sounded pretty rough this morning. Yeah, I sounded cool. I thought. Okay, cool. He yeah. sounded cool. That's I sound right. Wicked. Yeah. More so like Batman. <laughs> for those who are in the chat, as always, uh, if you're you're early, so you're also going to be sound engineers. So if there are any issues with the sound, just quickly let us know. It's actually getting a lot busier in here than it was an hour ago, so it's a little bit louder than uh, I was thinking. But if you, if there's any sound issues, let us know. If you can hear us all, give us a thumbs up too so we know. And in the meantime, let's introduce James. James Graham, Top Shelf Gecko, previous guest of the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Always happy to be back. Yeah, happy to have you here. How is the show going so far? It's good. It's yeah. definitely a new experience, I would say, compared to other years. How many, um, how many years have you done this one? The CRBE? Yeah. I mean, there's been years that I've missed in it, but um, I would say out of the past like 11 years, I've vended probably seven. Okay. And I attended the rest of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. You've been coming <laughs> yeah. for a long time. That makes sense. Yeah, I've been doing this for, for a bit now. So so what, what makes it different? Like you were saying, it just... If, it just feels different. Uh, I, I, I can't fully put my finger on it. I definitely feel like part of it is... This feels very much like a pet expo, which mm. we, I'm not saying reptiles aren't pets, but yes. the, the the breeder expo was always very. It felt like um, like we always see the American expos, right? Yeah, where where yeah. there was that's where you were going to go to see the variety. That's where you were going to go to see the cool things you could never see. Yes, yeah. But yeah. I feel like I I at this point I kind of know the two booths or three booths I got to walk up to to see those cool things. Yeah, or I'm seeing ball pythons. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what we were we were talking about as we were doing our lap this morning because we didn't actually do a lap yesterday. And, and I mean, you know, there's some cool ball pythons here, but I feel like we're hitting a point now where I think people are going to have to diversify. Right. Because you come to an expo, it's expensive to come here, travel, have a booth. Like we were saying to the, the one vendor, if you only have the one product, it's actually hard to have success here. Like yeah. You're just jumping into a pool of just tons of competition. And it can be tough to make the sales that you need to sell just to break even. And yeah. if it's and if it's one product that is, is the same product as as others, other tables, yeah. You know? yeah, Even if you have unique morphs and stuff like that, some people can can pull things around. But yeah, yeah. I feel like I, 
I maybe struck out a little bit there with the fat sales being my main thing for so long. Yeah, that yeah. Nobody ever seemed to want to get into them. <laughs> yeah. I, so I just kind of always had it to myself. And there was always people who wanted them. But it's not like the leopard geckos, for example, where, you know, a lot of people go to that as their first pet. Exactly. People don't even see a fat tail before they have their first reptile. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. so true. It's such a it's such a piece of advice that I try to give people when they want to get into breeding, like pick something a little bit different, like find an animal that you really like, but don't pick something that's so common that it's hard to get your name out there. Yeah, I, I think there's both sides to that coin, because at the same time, if you're working with something and it is popular, it means people are going to want it. That's you're not going to sit on the animal, which isn't going to make you or the animal suffer financially or mm -hmm. in terms of morality with the animal. Yes. So I do like that part of breeding popular things. For the most part, what I try to breed are good pets. Yes. Uh, I don't want to breed the complicated stuff as much because there's less of an audience for the complicated stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm breeding the collared lizards, really easy to take care of. Short, shorter lifespan than a lot of other reptiles, extremely easy diet. Uh, the care is pretty easy to set up. And in that case, I know I'm giving them an animal that is going to probably thrive because it's not one of those finicky animals and yeah. it is more popular. So there's more information out there. And they're yeah. incredible. And they're beautiful. Yeah. They're, they're so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny the way uh, certain species took hold and it doesn't leave room. Like an Aki, for example. I know you keep Aki's. I always hear like these are the bearded dragon like this should be the bearded dragon mm -hmm. of the hobby but it's bearded dragons that take that instead an animal that gets actually larger well maybe not larger but just yeah. in general yeah. people seem to love their ackies not that they don't love the bearded dragons but it seems like there there's a hole there that there is well i think it i, I think there's a level of uh absoluteism if that's a i thing. think that's a word sure um that oh well it's it's beardy so that's what's recommended every store recommends that every, yeah 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 every youtuber like it's there's there's a just a, a basic point of this is the beginner instead of being like these are the options that we would recommend it's never options it's it's yeah. true it's never options it's this is the, the leopard gecko's the good gecko the beardy's the good agamid yes yeah. uh, the ball python's the good snake and mm. there is a lot of other options that are equally yeah. as good yeah yeah well and too like you mentioned the the lifespan is something that's so it's a shorter Very lifespan is, yeah, it's super overlooked. I mean, I heard someone just across the in this booth here, a, a person. I mean, we get a lot of random people in here that aren't reptile folks, but they were asking the booth, like, how long does does this snake live for about five years? Like, it's a hog nose. So, you know, people are kind of expecting kid pets to last between five and ten years. They don't realize, oh, this is a 50-year-old ball python. You know, yeah. It could be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is sort of crazy. Uh, so tell us what else you have. I know you, you talked about the African fat tails and the collars. What else do you have uh, at the table? Uh, at the table today, we have uh, Chihua, Gargoyles. Uh, we're pretty much out of Crested Geckos. We only have like two left, and it, it, we brought all of them. We're just, we don't want to... Do you keep any breeders? No, we don't want to keep anything uh, in terms of Cresties. Just, it's a really, 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 really flooded market. And I think over the next couple of years, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see it recovering as quick as it has in the past, basically. Yes. So I would rather not contribute to that right now because i do think there's going to be a pretty large amount of crested geckos over the next few years that will need homes just from the the tsunami wave of cresties during covid yeah, yeah. and other species that lives a long time and again yeah. yeah exactly some people are even being like i have crested that are coming up on like 25 30 kind of thing and it's yeah. like that again that's why yeah. i like the colored lizards it's it's really unrealistic to say i know where i'm going to be in 25 years nobody can. eight to ten like maybe roughly at least you're you know you're not like 
you know, I, I realize it's still a little long time, but it's not double the time or triple yeah. the time. It's like yeah. a dog, you know, like yeah. sh slightly shorter than a dog. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and you'd also mentioned to me yesterday, because uh, when you were on the podcast, we did talk a little bit about fat tail morphs, right? And that's kind of where you'd start. Is that kind of where you started with that, that focus? I know you... Uh, you mean it started in terms of reptile breeding? Yeah, or, yeah. Just breeding. so I actually started with boas, uh, imperators. Oh, oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was a snake guy, oh, uh, and I kind of got to the point with snakes where almost every time I was bringing in a new snake or getting a new line, there was something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Snake breeders were either um, like guys in the states. So I bought three, uh, three boas from the states. The guy sent me the completely wrong animals after going through all the CITES paperwork for thousands of dollars that I spent, just all the wrong animals. I got another animal from the States. Uh, it was supposed to be perfectly healthy. Came in with a massive tail kink. And then I got some from a guy in Canada. All of them had mites. And I just got to a point where I went, you know what? The care that's being given here is not the type of care I do. These, they, they're looking over things I would never look over on an animal. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I just was like, I don't want a part of that. And then I kind of found the fat tails from there because someone was actually, they said, I'll trade you some of these fat tails for your, one of your boas. Mm. So I did that trade and... There you go. Yeah, the next 10 years of my life were set. <laughs> <laughs> and and but you said yesterday too that you're starting to move away from I don't think fat tails necessarily, but morphs. In morphs. Yeah. yeah. I just think in in my old age, you know, yeah, I just yeah. just as I'm in the hobby more, I see the morphs to kind of be the money hungry thing where we're trying to how much can we cram in? We're not worrying about the health of the animal as much, like things like that. I and my whole focus on what we do at Top Shelf is breeding animals I know will make good pets once they get yeah, to yeah, a Yeah, that's new so home. key. Yeah. And the morphs don't always do it. Caramel females won't breed. I spent probably four grand on caramel females before any fat tail breeder said to me, hey, those don't breed. Oh, yeah. I probably spent a couple thousand on ghost genes from a breeder that's at the expo. Nothing. You can't get anything out of ghost females. Wow. And, and, and so I got to a point where I went, okay, this is how I have to do it. And now I'm at the point where I'm going, okay. Uh, like for Mark that you talked to yesterday from can geckos. Yes, yeah, yeah. I always see this base that he has of leopard geckos mm. where they started line breeding things and making the normals look nice. And then they were putting it into these other things yes, with so stability It with stability and it's elevating it. Cause you've also been able to line breed that animal for stability, but also maybe some patterning or color. Yes. So you're elevating the morphs you do work on later. So I'm just going to take a step back for a few years yeah. and, and really focus on my normal fat tails yeah, to just true. try to get them as big, healthy, and possibly I have some little cool projects I'm working on that varies the look of the normals. That's cool. I mean, and, and too, it goes back to making a good pet, right? A good pet can't cost a thousand dollars. A good first pet. Like, you yes, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like no one's, no one's going to care for a thousand dollar gecko for the first thing. So that, that that's pretty cool. And I also want to talk to you about just, we're at an expo. The expo is always where the light of the hobby gets shined because people come, we have animal rights people that come in. This is like the, you know, these animals live in these tubs and, you know, this is where we get the most criticism, I'd say. And, and your booth is set up beautifully and the animals look like they're in, in, in good condition. So maybe you can just walk the listeners and the viewers through what you're doing on your, on your table to just give the animals a little bit more than just the, you know, the bright lights. Yeah. So that, I think that was one of the whole time I've been in the hobby. That's been one of my things is that reptile expos, as much as I love them, because we get to come here, I get to see friends, I get to communicate with people that have similar interests. I always hated seeing the animals clearly cold, clearly cramped in some cases. Uh, and I just, I really wanted to kind of elevate what I was doing. And it wasn't so much to make anyone else look bad or do, I just wanted to be like, hey guys, we can do this. It looks better to the whole general public. And that's what we really need to be hitting on is the general public, especially if we're doing these pet expos. Totally. Because that's, that's who you're getting the, the, oh, this isn't 
is that how it lives kind of thing? Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so we, we make sure every animal uh, has a natural substrate in with it. Uh, if it's a sand animal, it's got sand. If it's like the fat tails, we give them like the mixture we would make at home that's similar to like an ABG. Uh, same with the Chewies, the Cresties, the Gargs, all those get that. Uh, and then we set up the collared lizards exactly like we do at home. We mm -hmm. just bring the enclosures that we host them in at home yeah, yeah. and set them up. Yeah. So people can see exactly how healthy that everyone goes by and they just stop there and they yeah. just stand there for 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, do you, you have any questions? They're like, no, I'm just watching them. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to buy anything? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I honestly, I like that they're watching. Yeah, they don't even no, need to great. buy it because it, yeah, no, I, I know, but I, it's just, it's that it's, seeing people connect to an animal that they had no idea even existed for yeah. the most part. Yes. Colored lizards are not popular, but in Canada, they're not a very common thing. That's true. So yeah. now people are seeing them and they're going, Oh, this is like a beardy, but it moves. It actually moves. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they're <laughs> and so the inquisitive. Patterning, and, the oh, patterning, yeah. they're beautiful, the, all the different species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, we're just basically trying to, I guess, elevate what we've seen at expos that we didn't like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that hopefully uh, other people follow, right? That's all like, I can't make anyone. I can just show this is what we're doing. And I think this is, I think this is right. They don't have to, right? Yeah, Everyone's leading by example is the, is the best way. Ex to, exactly. That's, yeah. And that's all I can do is lead yeah. by example. Yeah. Well, and too, like if those little collared lizards were in a deli cup, you know, someone could just walk right past them. They're not, they might not even see them, right? Because yeah. you're on a table, a sea of, of deli cups. You get to see these little guys roaming around. They're super cute. They're very inquisitive. You're exposing that behavior to the person. And, and which I love showing people an example of what the setup should be. Yes. You know, that's yeah. something that gets totally missed here almost entirely. There's a few, you know, enclosure salespeople down there, which is really cool too, but there's real no good examples. You go walk, go walk down to the fish section, there's tons of examples of yeah. beautiful mm -hmm. aquariums. Like, this is what these setups should look like. This is how to do it. And there's escaping contests. It seems like we miss that here. Being and able to do something like that for the reptiles. Oh, or yeah. Having, having yeah. an escaping snake competition. Why not? Yeah. For, you know, oh, we have these escape for this. Uh, that would be incredible. Yeah. Our, our, uh, we're not there yet. The fish people are uh, are way. Yeah, I I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like because that's all. The fish part's probably the smallest section out of it. So if they're yeah. willing, if they're willing to put that effort in, I mean, we definitely. Oh, we could. There's people here that I know make crazy enclosures. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would love to see them just yeah. escape something. Yeah. You know, like honestly. Like, yeah, it yeah. would be incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And, yeah. I don't. I yeah. don't know how we get there, but I would love to. I would love to get there where more people want to display the animals because you're just, you're gonna just get more out of your customer too. Totally. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I know that sounds weird, but when they're seeing no, how you're true. doing yeah. it. You're giving them. You're gonna have to give them less effort. Oh they, yeah, they've, they've been given oh, your yeah. example, and they right? pass good good information on. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's like our experience at the live. Have you been to Live Beetles? Daniel's table. It's uh, is that? I, I went. I went Beatles at the last yeah. expo. I haven't been this yeah. one yet. Oh man, and it, it's so cool. He's got all these beetles. They're all native. And then suddenly you're talking to him about like how mushrooms grow and how like how to collect mushrooms to feed these things. Yeah, and he's create... got these cool little things. That you, like I was blown away. I, I've chatted with him many times, but I hadn't actually like. Having that opportunity and seeing that was great. And if we had that for for our species, like how cool would yeah, that be? No, setting it, up a, a large natural scape for one of the species you bring. And that's the thing. Exactly, I, don't, yeah, I don't also yeah. think any reptile companies are trying to do design something where like, you know, you see ARS, the, the plastics, clear ones everywhere. No one's trying to do one that's maybe a bit taller with lights. or It's not a complicated process. Exactly. It's just no one is pushing for it. So yeah, yeah. in a sense, I'm trying to not vocally push for it but like 
look at what we're doing. Please try to follow this. Even uh, Alan, at, I think one of the last expos, like where he was doing the walk arounds, he mm. went, this is what I want people to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, me, me too, man. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Alec? Yeah, Alec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Alec, Dr. Brown. Yeah, yeah. he was on Dr. here yesterday. Bro. Yeah, yeah he went here and he said, this is what I want people to do. And I was yeah. like, me, me too. I don't, I'm, do, I'm doing it. Tell yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, tell yeah, others. Absolutely. And you could do it. I mean, luckily with collards, they can be sort of a colony at a young age. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but you could do small enclosures, you know, little things that are set up. And, and the other thing too, that you do even in your deli cups is put like natural wood in, which sort of accentuates the animal in there. You know, like the piece, like the pieces of birch that you have in there, like yeah. the chua geckos look incredible and it just elevates everything. Yeah. So. I just want it to, I also want it. It's not, it's not just for looks too, right? I want it to be able to get out of, the, the, the ground the dirt that's on the ground exactly they don't yeah. always want to just sit in dirt some of them do bury themselves but some of them will sit on that piece of uh birch the whole weekend yeah yeah it's cool i think that i think that's the way to go i think that you know part of that is like community people seeing what you're doing it looks fascinating and hopefully they start copying and hopefully too that you know you're making more sales because of that sort of situation because people see the interaction with the with the lizards and that might get people to copy you as well. Like, oh, people can actually see the fascinating behavior of these little guys. And I, I definitely think as far as the collards go, I at expos, I sell them because yeah, they're in those. Exactly. Multiple people have brought collared lizards to these expos and they don't set them up like that and they're just in a deli. They won't show their oranges. They're not going to show the small hints of blue that they do have at that age. Yeah, so yeah. just heating them up, it, it's just every bit of it is positive for me. They yeah. look better for the customer, which makes them easier to sell. They're active they're happy because they're warm it's just it's a, a hundred percent positive yeah. so i just don't see the reason to, for all of us to not be kind of pushing towards that yeah oh agreed i love it that's awesome yeah. well james this was fantastic this is like 20 minutes of just gold oh. yeah that's good yeah <laughs> my um, wife's all alone yeah i know is there anything else you want to say before <laughs> that's we wrap what makes up? it better yeah uh no just the same as my last plug when i was on your show yeah. uh if you guys can find any way to help the solomon islands there is under a percentile of it protected um it's really hard to find programs for it. And if anyone can even find a program, I would love if they would point me to it so that I could start helping that program. Yeah, because you keep monkey tail skinks. I keep obviously. monkey tail skinks and they are, don't tell my wife, they're the love of my life. <laughs> I, I, I adore those animals. No one will see this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just, I, my, my shout out now is pretty much always, if you can help a country that has animals that you love in it, do that. Okay, do cool. that. Awesome. Thank you very much, James. Now, James, I think we're going to talk to Fatty for a bit, but then I want to talk to Robin from... Okay. So could you send her over? At, just tell her like at noon to come over here. Noon? Got yeah, it. That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. We'll come see you we'll in come. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Fatty, you coming up? Only if you want me to. Yes, please. Come oh, on down. Want me to. I don't think people are going to want me to come on. Yeah. Hello, Everybody everyone. Hello, everybody. How are uh, you guys doing? This is Fatty. He is the man of the uh, the whole show, really. Something like that. So I can't take all the credits. <laughs> some of you are probably familiar with Fatty on uh, Instagram, Daffy's Reptiles. Yes, sir. Yeah. And but you are in charge of this, what it seems like. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I handle the social media for the expos for the. Is that all? Technically, is that all your job is? <laughs> so that's what my job title is. But uh, as you guys have seen over the past two days, uh, <laughs> it entails for a lot more. So once we get to the expo, we're actually a fairly small team. So we all do everything, right? So yes. from the biggest task to like, let's lift tables and move them here to somebody needs chairs. That's all, all got to be done. Yeah, you've yeah. been just running around since Friday morning. My feet are killing me. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Yeah. But it's been an incredible show. I think it's been awesome. Thank you it's very been, much. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. It's, the turnout is definitely incredible. Yeah. yeah. It got a lot busier this morning, too. It, yes. And uh, 
It no, was a it, slow start this morning. Yeah, a little slow, but then, uh, you know, then, now it's full. I yeah. think everyone's still tired from yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, and no issues. Everything's running smooth so far. Everything's running smooth so far. Um, super excited about the Canadian Aquatic Expo. We had a little bit of a hiccup since you said smooth. We had a little bit of a hiccup on the aquatic stage with the microphones. But now that that's sorted, I'm a lot more calm and everything's yeah. going smooth. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, we knew that you were going to stop by. I'm like, who knows what will happen? What like, time? Yeah. There might be fires that he, got, he has to go put out. Yeah. Um, but but let's talk about what you do because you're a reptile sure. keeper yourself. You're a herpetoculturalist. Herper- and uh, why don't you tell us, you know, because you weren't, you weren't born in Canada. I was not no. So, so did you start keeping reptiles in is it Abu Dhabi? You're, you've, uh, I, yeah, I was. I was raised in Abu Dhabi. I was not keeping any reptiles there. Okay. Um, my, that was a big no for my parents, of okay. course. Okay. Uh, but I have been keeping aquariums uh, since I was four. Okay. So, you know, breeding guppies isn't a big thing, but I have been breeding guppies since I was four. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, um, around like twelve or thirteen, I got an African gray pirate, and that was pretty much my life oh, wow. for a long time. Um, and then I came here, my second year in Canada. I was like, no, I need a pet in the house. And somehow it ended up being a crested gecko and snowballs from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then did, you did some work at a reptile store as well. I did uh, Critter Jungle in Ottawa. Yeah, okay. I worked there for three or four years. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so why don't you bring us up to speed now? Like, what do you? What's that in your reptile room? What's in my reptile room right now? Yeah. Uh, you guys have. You want to take the whole next two hours? <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. Uh, so mainly, mainly, you guys may already know this. Mainly mountain horn dragons. So I have four species of mountain horn dragons: uh, capras, bintangensis. Uh, Lipidogaster, and actually, I haven't announced this anywhere yet, but yes, I have an Italia now. <laughs> so, the fourth species of Mountain Horn Dragon that I'm super excited about. And then, uh, just a assortment of different geckos so, Stenodactylus geckos, Pictus geckos, uh, Emerald Tree Skinks as well. Not a gecko, I know. Um, and yeah, newts and some fish, and that's pretty much it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the Stenodactylus project because they're so small, yes. and it just, I, I, everyone, I think they're the perfect bats. Yeah, yeah, everybody listens to me. I always say this, but having small animals, I think, is so key for our hobby just yes. because it's so much easier, obviously. And, and, and Ouch. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, monitor guy. <laughs> I have no, no issue with people keeping monitors, but yes. as, as people jumping into the hobby, yeah. like little, because, you know, what, what is a stenodactylus? Stenodactylus? Like oh. two or three inches as yeah. an adult. Yeah, so like, like you're saying, like get a 15 gallon, put like three in there and really see the behaviors of like yeah. them having the space to move around. It's incredible. Whereas yeah. like, and you know, cool putting little predators. Oh, they're awesome! They're you see the little tail lags yeah. as they're going, and and they yeah. chirp. That's I don't think some some something that most people don't know is actually the males chirp at night too. That's so cool. like they're they're such an interesting species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And then so so tell me about the horn because you were telling me about the horn dragons this morning, right? The breeding. So so yeah. that was uh, has that been a challenge getting those things to go? Obviously, each species is a little different. Does anybody want water? <laughs> I'm okay, thank you. I got three water bottles here. Do you want? Yeah, water? I want water. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'd rather have three. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, yeah, so it was a. Have they have they been challenged to breed? Because you were just telling me about uh, challenging to breed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so sorry, let me turn this off. So, the challenge is acquiring them here in Canada. Okay. Because uh, okay. most of them are wild caught. Um, I could not tell you whether they're a challenge to breed or not because actually, uh, Mr. Greg here was house sitting <laughs> the dragons and he got the eggs and he was also the one to hatch them. Um, so, oh, he so you collected the eggs and brought them to your house. I collect. He, he I had the dragons, the dragons in my house. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So, so I, I, I give more of the credit to Fatty. I was just a caretaker. Yeah, we're, we're sharing but, the credit. We're sharing the yeah. credit. Yeah, <laughs> no, but so I don't, I don't know if there's um, any actual like, like for example, breeding the uh, cooling them before breeding season or increasing the rain, uh, the the humidity at a certain time of the year. I don't know if they need any of those things. We are still playing with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the eggs we got, I, I'd say, is more of a we got lucky kind of thing. Sure. Um, but from what I've heard from past people that bred them is 
um, generally the first six months are the hardest after they've hatched is when they seem to be a little bit finicky. And when so did they hatch? Um, a couple, like a week or two ago. Oh, so. oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah, oh okay. very fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very fresh. And they're yeah. tiny. They're, yeah. I, so he sent me pictures as soon as they hatched and I was like, oh, they're tiny. And then I got to his house and I was like, oh, wait, no, they're like tiny, tiny, they're like tiny. way smaller than you expect. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So are they back at your place now? No, they're still at, well, so oh, they're still they hatched um, two or three days before I left to come to Toronto for the expo. Oh, so I was okay. like, I can't keep them. You're staying in Ottawa yeah. for longer. So yeah, so they're with him and then I am coming to pick them up as soon as this is over. Oh yeah, <laughs> right now they're with my wife. So yeah, has uh, she been having to look after them? No, they're yeah, okay. Yeah, well, she's been feeding, like having oh, to feed, feed them and stuff. Yeah, so she's like was calling me last night. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're adorable though that's they're, cool yeah. so what about horned horned mountain dragons like what is there something about them that you find fascinating or yeah there's a, there's a number of things uh first of all the horns yeah like it's very prehistoric looking i don't think like there's many species like there are many cool looking reptile species but i don't think there's anything that looks quite like them yeah yeah it's almost like a dinosaur bird kind of thing because if you look at them they have these like the, the way their eyes move is very bird like but the more than that it's the the paludarium aspect for me. So like I said, I've been keeping fish for a very long time. I love keeping fish. I love aquariums. And they're one of the few, not few species, I can say. They're one of the species that I enjoy that you can you can do that with. You can, you can have uh, you can have a paludarium. You can, and you and they use the water. Yes, like yeah, some yeah, of yeah. my some of my males are constantly in the water all the time. They hunt from the water. Like I can feed them with tongs and they'll just they won't even come out. They'll just lift their head out of the water, eat That's and cool. go back down. Like it's really cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I had seen on your channel, you'd done, uh, you're doing a Paladarian build. I don't think you've finished it, right? I, I, well, it's done, but okay. it hasn't fully been released. Come but on, yes. show us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, Greg uh, did all that work for you drilling the glass. Exactly. Oh, no, he did all the work for everything, not just drilling the glass. <laughs> Wait and see. It's mainly Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I'm super excited to show you guys that build. And the dragons are actually in it right now, and they're loving it. Um, the plants are finally starting to come in, so it's like starting to become like this foresty look. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, and dogs awesome. from the pet expo yeah <laughs> yeah that's been fun cleaning up all their pee yeah so, yeah <laughs> we had some pee in here yesterday Did yeah you actually well there was a puddle it was, it was a puddle we, we didn't lick was. it we didn't taste it to see but i, I wouldn't be surprised. it looked similar to pee yeah. <laughs> yeah is there a large variety of um behavior differences between the different species not that i've seen um, what about appearance appearance drastically different okay uh, yeah so i, I, I like it uh Look them up, I guess. I don't know how I can show you guys them here, but <laughs> yeah. like a Bintan bit Gensis um, is all brown. They've got cool patterns on them. And then they have four horns, whereas the Capras, which was the first ones that I got and the most common ones of the hobby, it's just two horns and they're like more of a greeny, greeny, dark, uh, dark greeny, black color uh, okay. almost. And then Lepidogasters are dwarfs, so they only they only get to about this big. Oh, wow. Um, like with their so tail. With their oh, tail. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their, their bodies are quite like... Small. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, and that then, being yeah, about... Two inches or an inch and a half to those. And the at my fingers are the gorgeous ones. They're like, I don't know if you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, do you have any future things you want to dig into, or are you happy with what you're working Project on now? Wise? Yeah. No, yeah. no. I, I, so I recently started working for the expo, and yeah. it's been super overwhelming and a lot of work. Um, so I'm more trying to decrease the number of species I have and sort of focus on the ones I have right now, just time-wise yeah. and, and uh, yeah. Well, because. What, what I find amazing, and we already talked about this, is how frequent expos are here. Yes. And, and the thing is, is like, I thought this was a huge, like, this is a huge expo, but I didn't realize, like, every reptile expo you guys do is essentially this. Yes. It's just without the addition of the aquatics of everything and the Everything else, yeah. It's maybe a few less booths as well. Yeah. So this is, there's quite a few yeah, vendors that like only a, do, um, like Canadian yeah. Cold Blood, that only do the CRB. You might not get, like, out of province as much. Exactly, yeah. But it's still a yeah. huge show. So you're constantly, oh, this is, like, every month for you doing something. It's, it's crazy, yeah. It's, it's, it's one, one weekend every month is, like, canceled out of my life for this <laughs> that's wild and yeah. so is it actually one a month 
Uh, it's it's pretty much pretty much. There's three months a year that I think three or four months. There's three months, three months a, year. a year that it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's amazing. And then there's some months that it happens twice. So November, for example, um, or October, we have the Ottawa Pet Expo, and then we have a Reptile Expo here. So that's two weekends. And then November, it's the Toronto Christmas Pet Show, and we have the uh, we have a regular Reptile, Reptile Expo here. Yeah. So sometimes wow. it's two shows a month. Yeah, that's crazy. And you come to every one. It's a lot of fun. I come to most of them. <laughs> I I come to all the reptiles. It's easier ones, for typically. all of them. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, it's fun. Like, and this is what I always say when I go to these shows. It's like interacting with people. It's just so fun. Oh, Especially when you're absolutely. like us, where we don't have like we're not trying to front the store or front a booth and oh, having yeah. to sell. We can just go yeah. around and people talk, to people. talk to people. Yeah. yeah, and it's so fun, and you get to just. Absolutely. Especially for me, I'm in such an isolated spot. I don't have a lot of like reptile friends really close to me. Right. So you get to come and you're not the weird reptile guy. Like <laughs> I, I don't like having reptile conversations with non-reptile people typically because oh, yeah. it's just like Ugh. they ask yeah. you the basic questions and you're kind of like uh, I want to yeah. have like a more. Well, my wife's always embarrassed to tell people what's downstairs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's cool though because once you start coming to. To all of them, you start to recognize the same faces over and over again. It becomes like you're saying it's, 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 a, it's, a, community. it's, a, it's a community. It's a community. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. That's it's why a really good down. one too. Yeah. yeah. And there's uh, and, and you know there's lots of people who live in the northern United States that can easily pop up. It's not well. that far. Yeah. 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 If you're in the states and you're listening to this, come on next, down. Next, well, you guys got to come. Yeah. Up. Every come once in a while, there's a, there's okay, a few um, Buffalo, maybe some Buffalo people. Yeah. Buffalo, Michigan. Yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. Fatty, thank you guys very much. Thank you for. Oh, yeah. well, I could do this too. We, we could do. We could do both. <laughs> oh, I want to do that too. Are we doing a whole yeah. handshake now? Oh, <laughs> we do that too. Yeah. Thank you for uh, <laughs> putting this on, coming onto the show today, yeah. uh, inviting me down because it's been so fun. Like I said, and uh, I'll let you go back to fighting forest fires, yes, and yes. Uh, we'll, we'll see you around. Definitely, I'll pass by once you guys. Are, what time are you recording? So, who knows? Who knows? Uh, okay, later. Cool. I'll yeah, pass by later. again. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoy, and, and we gotta get you on. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and you on mine too. Let's and we'll make, make sure you tell Charles to pop by at some point too. I definitely will. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you. All right. So sounds good. Bye, see you, buddy. All right, Robin, you're up. Cool. Come on down. You lost your voice. Oh, it's back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Welcome. Hello. So, Robin, you, I had to look yesterday. You were actually episode number eight of this podcast. Oh, was it? <laughs> and uh, I've recorded, I think, around 180 episodes now. Okay, so, so like you, right at the very beginning. You were one of the very beginning. And I have to say, like, to everybody who did those early episodes, like, thank you so much because people were like, I, I got a lot of non-responses. And really, it was like the first 25 episodes made the show happen. Yeah. Because without that, you know, you, you need to get the ball rolling. And well, even if you're only having a few viewers, it still benefits those few viewers that have it, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Mm. And it's just, it's it's hard to get people onto a show that doesn't exist yet. So the people yeah. that just were like, yeah, sure, I'll come on. And you were one of them. Yeah. And so, so that's cool. Can you tell everybody uh, your business, your yes. name? Well, it's definitely changed a lot since the last time I was yes. here, like eight years ago. Um, so we used to just do like accessories and a lot of um, like little things for reptiles, but we moved into doing fully customized reptile enclosures. So a lot of stuff that you can't really find at a pet store. So something like if you have a tegu or an iguana, you can't really go into a pet store and find something that fits those. Yes. So we offer that service. Um, and then I still do a lot of the education base for green iguanas. Yeah. Because kind of remind me of how you, 
Did you rescue a green iguanas originally, or did you actually start with as a pet and then realize that? Uh, well, when I moved out to go to college, my parents never let me have reptiles when I was younger. So uh, I got a green iguana from some random person like a month after I moved out, and okay. she kind of just started a passion of it. And then I started doing like rescues, rehabilitation, and rehoming for them. Uh, I have six myself right now, most of them are rescues, but I do a lot of, uh, like if someone comes to me and they need to find a home for theirs, I help them locate that home instead of bringing it to me and then finding the home. Yeah, that looks great. It's a, such a tough species, right? Yes. Like, have you kept one? I did. Oh, yeah, you did, right? Yeah. You were telling me. Yeah. I, I loved I loved them. Yeah. I just was, I was young enough that I hit that point where I was having to get out on my own. Yeah. And I just didn't have the real estate. Mm -hmm. to, to be able to, to do it, you know, yeah, and that, was, can be amazing that was a couple pets. of years back. Yeah. yeah I'm hiding <laughs> a lot of gray here. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's when they were a lot more common on. Yeah. It's, it's almost nice to not see them as common in the pet stores now uh, because they sell them so cheap. It's an impulse pet almost. Totally. And, and they're then, so small and cute. And, and, yeah. and they are, and they're, and they, they're big. Mm -hmm. And you can buy yeah. like some monitor species that are small as iguanas mm -hmm. when you first get them. But I think iguanas being a prey species, it really makes it difficult to tame them as they get a little bit older because yeah. they're so flighty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you have six, you have a few different species though. Uh, green iguanas mostly. And then I have one black spiny tail iguana. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of my green iguanas is a red morph. I have two blues and then two greens. Okay. Yeah. We actually referenced you yesterday because we were talking about iguanas with somebody I forget. Uh, I think it was Matt from Mystic Animals. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We're talking okay. about larger animals. And because yeah. uh, uh, we were talking about how the, the, a bite can be pretty significant. And yes. I remember you had posted on Instagram before. Was yeah. it a bite on your arm? Or? Uh, yeah, I still have the scars from it. That one yeah. there and there. Was that um, from a green iguana? Uh, yeah, my big male red one. He has been a turd ever since he hit his first breeding season. <laughs> yeah. He's always been a bit of aggressive. And every time I get bit, I've got a few scars. But every time I tell people, it's always been my fault, never the iguana's fault, because yeah. that's just their natural behavior. Um, and I stuck my arm in to feed the female a banana. Meanwhile, he was in breeding season, and my arm was, like, right in front of him. And he bit me real quick, and that ended up in 13 stitches. So. Oh. And shouldn't have put my arm there. I mean, that's my yeah, own fault for doing it that. It is a catch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get complacent. Mm -hmm. But you know, you making sure, like, my social media platform, I've always posted the good and the bad of owning them. So I like sharing that photo because it makes people go, oh, I kind of want an iguana because that picture is really cute. And then they see that and they're like, mm, maybe not a good idea. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Who, who do you think an iguana is right for? Someone who definitely has reptile experience um, and someone who has the financial and the space ability to have yeah. something like that. Like I, so I have six iguanas, which is more than the most, most common person. Uh, but I spend probably two fifty to $300 a month just on food. That's crazy. Yeah. And the collard greens, like I live in the middle of nowhere. So the grocery store has to order in my own special box. Okay. of collard yeah. greens. Oh really? Have, That's yeah. Cool. So they can be expensive to feed. Um, and then they require so much space because they, need to climb so not only the floor space but the height as well yeah, so. yeah and then yeah. the then the uh, humidity yes yeah you know. how do you maintain humidity uh right now we actually set up an automatic mister system okay. and i wish i had done it so much so much yeah. earlier yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all of us have been in the hobby for a while <laughs> where that was the game changer like, yeah and then yeah. timers if you yeah. if you had a bunch of reptiles and you didn't have timers on your lights you have to oh, oh i have to go yeah. home because my reptiles yeah. lights are still on yeah. i still hear people say i turn them on manually on and off and i just can't believe anybody no. does that yeah when you, have, you get to sleep in one day but you can't because your reptiles need their lights turned yeah. on that's right that's no yeah. good the one thing i would love to see is um almost like a timer but a dimmer so for the first few hours it comes yeah. on it kind of almost simulates sunrise and sunset. they have that on the fish side 
Do they? Yeah. Spoiled yeah. fish. I know. I yeah, think it'll, it'll so come. So they're like the fluval and stuff like that. They have yeah. they have LEDs that'll. Well, oh, that's neat. And you I'm could even you could even change the the hues. Yeah, yeah. Control oh, of, that's neat. Well, we're planning on. I want to move one more time. So the enclosures that I personally have, they're huge. Like I have a six by four by uh, eight. I have two of them for my iguanas. But when we move one more time, I want to do more of like a zoo style exhibit mm. where it's fully decked out with everything. So that's definitely something I'm yeah. looking into putting in. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's cool. And, and you have a child as well, right? I have two. Oh, you have two. Okay. Yes. And so how, like, how, how careful do you have to be? Like little fingers pop off easy. <laughs> like I see my son's little fingers and I'm like, yeah. oh, an iguana would take a, a finger. Well, some people who uh, went to expos the last, like kind of before COVID hit, I used to always have Sassy with me and she basically is a cat. My boyfriend kind of coined the term sandpaper kitty. And uh, <laughs> she was always good. She was a good showcase animal because people could get up and close and hold her and really see what they were. But I always told people that's not their normal behavior. Right. So out of the six iguanas that I have sassy's really the only one my kids interact with okay um and she's a little older now like she's 17 and a half at least so she's got some arthritis issues and stuff so i'm starting to not have the kids interact as much with her because even the dog if a dog's sore and you pet them the wrong way oh, yeah. they can nip just out of pain, pain right yeah, so it's something yeah. you definitely have to be cautious about yeah yeah and and so you you had mentioned uh Obviously, your business has changed a lot because yes. you know you started with sort of the more rescue, but you're also doing the enclosure side. Mm -hmm. And I guess that came out of necessity. You know, you had to build larger enclosures. Yeah. And so I was doing um, like every now and then I built like something really small when I lived back in London. Uh, but the last few years, basically, I had my black spiny tail. He was getting an upgrade that I was doing for him. And then the old enclosure I had for him, it, I, I posted it for sale, but two people wanted it. So the one person obviously got it and the other person I was like, well, I can build you one. And it's kind of just spiraled from there. Yeah. Uh, so when I went on mat leave, when I had my first daughter, uh, I actually didn't go back to work. I used to work as a PSW. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go back to work and I've been doing full uh, enclosures full time ever since. That's cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. it you building them or your boyfriend helps? Or yeah, I'm sure I, he has a full time I wouldn't job. be doing it without him. Yeah. Uh, we have a massive delivery truck that we use. So we go out and we do multiple deliveries in one day. And he's a mechanic, so I would not own that truck if it wasn't for him. Right. Uh, so he's been a huge support, uh, but I am the one building it. But he takes long to help with deliveries because yeah. I need those two. Well, and they're hands. they're huge enclosures. Oh, yeah. They're they're yeah. so maybe you could just tell people who haven't seen them uh, what 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 they look like and kind of the materials you're using. Uh, so we use European uh, three quarter inch Baltic birch, and it's like it has fourteen plies in it. If you know anything about plywood, so it's very dense and heavy. But we stain it, and it gets clear coat to finish everything off and seal it. We also can do like dry lock on the inside to give that extra uh, barrier on the bottom. Because a lot of people are switching to doing bioactive now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we do multiple different sizes. Uh, most of the stuff we do is like at least four feet long, two feet deep, and then either four or six feet tall. Yeah. And they're on casters. Yes, which is a huge bonus. So even uh, we've done one where it was casters just to move it and get it into the house. And then we took the casters off after because they didn't want it. Um, but yeah, some of the bigger things, casters are definitely. Oh, bonus. yeah. Oh, it's so key. I mean, I would leave them on because it yes. just simplifies everything. Like it's I mean, you can't move an enclosure like that by yourself. It's so no, big and no. heavy. And, and even like when we first started doing it, I was using a different type of wood. That was just what I was able to get at the hardware store. And we have upgraded that so much. We used to use plexiglass at the beginning. I don't touch it at all anymore because of the scratching and yeah. the static in it. Uh, so I have a, a local guy who does all my custom glass cutting. So it, it's tempered glass. I usually use uh, six millimeter thick. Okay. But for anything bigger, uh, I have used 10 millimeter. 
Okay. So uh, is the, the, did the using the glass make it quite a lot more expensive than the plexiglass? Or? Actually, because normally if you're going to order plexiglass, you have to go to your hardware center and they can you, they have it there or you can order it. And acrylic's not cheap. Yeah, it's, yeah no, it's, it's not. not. It's really not. And COVID's um, made it worse. And I so. found, I shopped around to a couple different places and I found a local Mennonite guy, like a family run one. Nice. And the price that I pay for the tempered glass is about the same price as a plexiglass in the hardware store. Okay, so there you go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. the plywood has gone up in price uh, significantly since COVID, but we're starting to see that come back down, which is really nice. Because do you have to import that plywood in yourself, or is it? Uh, no, you buy? I buy it from someone who has. Okay. It, okay. Yeah. Cool. And so, uh, how does it work? Does somebody have an idea of what they want, or do you? You don't. Ha I'm sure you don't have stock on. Like you don't want to store those things. So you, I you have build a them. few that I bring to the expo, yeah. like random ones that I'll just build to showcase things. But what normally happens is one of two. So either. Someone comes to me and they're like, this is exactly what I want. And I say, okay, cool. And then we build it. Or they say, this is the species I have or multiple species. What can I get for them? And then we work together to design whatever works for them. Yeah, that's cool. And so somebody was interested in one, they go to your website? Uh, you can see a lot of my old builds on my website. But the easiest way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. Okay. And then all of our conversations are nice in one spot. So we can refer back oh, yes. and look yeah, yeah. at everything. Uh, but I post photos of not just finished products of like the build process. So everyone gets to see the whole process of how, it, what goes into it. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, before we let you go, I really want to talk about these too, because yes. this is another really cool product, uh, or project or product. I mean, it's just really cool. So you have two books here. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, let's start with the coloring book. Uh, so I wanted to do a kid's educational coloring book. And originally it was, I was just going to have like a bearded dragon, for example. So a picture you could color of a bearded dragon with like two sentences on the bottom of some fun facts. And then it got into a thing where now there's a whole page that you can color that has a male, a female and a baby. So sometimes depending on the species, you can see the differences. Oh, in that's them. cool. Uh, and then there's a whole page that goes along with it with where the reptile is from, some cool facts, and then a picture of a live animal. So some kids like to color more realistically. So you have a, right. a sense of what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can we show that to the camera? Yeah. Greg, do you want to hold that up there? Do I? Oh, yeah, there's that's a good. Oh, look at that green iguana picture. <laughs> And the fun part about it was uh, when I was doing the photo, like when I was making the book, I had people submit photos of their personal reptiles. So I used those as models for some of the species in there. Yeah, so it wasn't you were all just me, like yeah. random Google images. You did all the line work yes. off, of, off a base photo. So yeah. someone yeah. someone's actual mm -hmm. animals in like there. Like that's someone in, like lives somewhere. That's their reptile that's in there. That's so super that cool. Really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And uh, so tell and us what I, this and one. I love this. Yeah. And, the children's yeah. book. Yeah, I, was, uh, I was, saw it over at someone's table there. Got it. I was like, so I have the iguanas that are in this book are my personal iguanas. And basically it started, I came home from work the one day and my male iguana, my red one, he had this long, beautiful tail that was not common in a full grown iguana these days. And I came home from work and it was broken half, but still kind of attached. Ooh. So I'm not sure what he did during the day that broke yeah. it. Uh, so he ended up losing half of his tail. And later on, I ended up writing a story about it where he, he loses his long, beautiful tail and he's kind of sad. He doesn't think his friends are going to like him anymore. And he meets a white tiger who's different and says that it's basically okay. And he goes back to his friends and they still love him. And it's like this cute little kid story yeah. about being different is okay. Yeah, I'm going to pick one of those up before I yeah. leave today. Oh, actually, I'll probably take both because uh, <laughs> my yeah, son this, eventually... The yeah. educational coloring book has been a really huge hit. And I, I like it because it really... Uh, promotes an interest in kids so they can see lizards that maybe they didn't know anything about. Like when I grow up, 
I used to be the kid that go to the library and rent the book of yeah, all the yeah. different dog species and just yeah. or breeds and just learn about everything, right? Yeah. So that's kind of what this caters towards for reptiles. I love that. And I feel like there's not enough books in the world. You know, we're, everything's moving to online. It's all this stuff, and like mm -hmm. AI images. Like this is so cool, yeah. you know? And this hopefully is the first in like a series. Um, so right now, it's not really the reptile community, but I'm working on a chicken one that has a whole bunch of different chicken breeds. And cool. then I want to do a snake one after that. Cool. So like it, you can do uh, arachnids, you could do turtles. Like there's so many different variations of this book that I could do. Uh, just takes a bit because I'm doing all the line work yeah. myself. So and yeah. did you have to write all the descriptions too? Yes. So I went through and then had everything proofread and kind of just had the layout design and then it was kind of just filling in the blanks of random facts. So oh, each yeah. page, it's not the same fact for each like where they live. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I have kind of some unique facts about yeah. them. Yeah. The ones you found most interesting. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. great. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, people, are, a lot of people who watch this are in the states. Okay. How is there a way that they can get these? Gonna, yes. Uh, I have oh, yeah, these on yeah. my website, so they can be ordered and shipped because they're pretty small. Um, is that uh, Ontario Iguana? Yes, OntarioGuanas.com. Okay, Ontario yeah. Guanas. And then each year I do a calendar event. I've done it for, I think it's almost year eight that I've been doing this. So right now is like the photo entering part. So people email me the photos, all the information's on my Instagram account. Um, but you email photos, I design it in a calendar, and you get your Instagram name posted with it. And then everyone who enters photos purchases a calendar. It gets printed and shipped out. So every year people enter this and then for 2024, you have a calendar that you have a reptile in and everybody right. else. So it's yeah. like a little community thing that people I love that. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So people can find that information on Instagram, Ontario, Iguanas, and they yes. can submit their pictures. Now, when does that close? Uh, middle of October. So there's okay. like a uh, about a month long stretch where people submit photos and then a two week period where I input everything into like a layout for the calendar. And then people have like a pre-order period. And so you only pick 12, I guess. No, it's like a collage of photos. So oh, normally cool. people submit two or three photos and then I, I put them in. So as long as there's no people or hands or anything, it's right. just, just the yeah, reptiles. Yeah. Uh, but it's really cool. I'll get somebody posting on Instagram and in the background you can see the calendar from the year before. Oh, so yeah. it's yeah, it's a cute little thing that keeps everybody uh, in like a little community. And it has uh, U.S. and Canadian holidays printed. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Robin, this is fantastic. Every little project you're doing is just so cool. Like, I mean, I love the iguana stuff. The enclosure stuff is always needed. It's just such a key part. But this is like really cool. Thank I, you. I love Thank that. You. Um, so it's a Ontario Iguanas with an S. Yes. .com or on Instagram, easy to find. Yeah, Ontario underscore iguanas. Ontario. On okay, yes. awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This is awesome, and thanks for being another guest again on the podcast. Yes. And you help get the ball rolling in this. This is fantastic. Yeah, well, it's awesome. awesome doing it here versus doing it on Zoom. We did it on Zoom. Said, yeah, yeah, we do it in person. Phone. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, this is awesome. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We'll let you get back to your booth. We'll come okay. see you. I'm going to come see you to grab a couple of books from you later. Yeah. Okay, and, you guys uh, we'll have see a good day. Then. All right. Thanks. Bye bye. Too. Thanks, Robin. Bye bye. I'm taking this. Here. Yeah, yeah. Please do. That's cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Are you going to get a coloring book? I am definitely going to get a coloring book. Yeah, cool. Yeah, awesome. my daughter will go crazy over it. Yeah, my son yeah. will destroy it. But yeah, I mean, well, that's to, the point, right? I might have to save it. Um, do you want to? I'm going to go steal Brandon. Yeah, you can get Brandon. I'll, I'll talk to these guys for and, a little bit, and yeah. uh, we'll get him going. Cool. Yeah, I should. I, I forgot to run off and do that. No, it's all good. So, Cole, to answer your question, yes, those are available online. Let me let me throw her uh, website in the chat here. Does that work? Let me see. I will throw it in the chat. 
Oh, thank you very much, Brad. I really appreciate that. It worked today. Everybody go follow Brad. He's got the craziest DIY projects. I'm sure you already do if you've listened to the episode with him. So there's the, I don't know if you guys can click on that link. I'm not sure how that works. But anyway, IntarioIguanas.com. You can head there, and it looks like she's got a little bit of info about her enclosures and, and whatnot, but also those books, which are really, really cool. So next up, we're going to talk to Brandon, who is the uh, owner of Canadian Cold Blood. So one of the, this will interest Brad, who also who has the blue tree monitor, but one of the world-renowned tree monitor breeders and a really nice guy. So I'm looking forward to that. Craig's going to go get him. So we'll just have to kill a couple of minutes while we wait for that. Hopefully everybody's having a good Sunday so far. You want to say hi to everybody? Live. We're live, yeah. I'm just waiting for uh, Brandon's. Uh, Nick's going, or no, Greg's going to get Brandon. I'm just giving you your stuff back. Okay. Just being a nice guy. This is Nick Bertrand. Bonjour. We will we will see him later today. He's going to be come on. If anyone's, uh, you probably saw his episode already, but we will definitely be and I chatting. Will bring uh, blinking lizards. He'll bring blinking lizards. So if anyone wants to know what that means, you'll find stay out. Tuned. In the, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> All right, we'll see you in a little bit. Yep. Okay. Oh, thank you very much, Kiki. I really appreciate that. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it because um, I'll wait for Fatty's announcement here. They're doing a uh, escape off on the aquarium side between DIY. Oh, oh, is this? Uh, well, Brandon is taking a few minutes to get here. I found. This is Natalie. Hi, guys. Nice to meet you nice officially. Meet you I'm Dylan. Yeah. Welcome to the show. That attack. So Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Were you? Did he force you to do this? Yes, he actually um, grabbed my hand and ran me over here. With um, yeah, I, I had I no did. choice. Are you helping with Mark over there? I am. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Is the day going so far so it's, good? It's really good. Yeah, it's yeah. quite busy. It's getting a lot busier now now that the day is going on. It's now twelve twenty. Yeah, we were saying it started quiet and then all of a sudden, boom, people yeah. showed up. Yeah. Um, so tell us about what you, because you have some interesting projects. You must be one of the few people working with the particular species of, it's toads, right? Yes. Yeah. The Adelopus. Adelopus. Okay. Tell us about them. Um, okay. So I have the purple harlequin toads, the Adelopus uh, barbatonii or barbatini. There are two ways to pronounce it. No one really knows because scientific names, right on. <laughs> um, so I'm working with them. I bred them last year in December. And the babies that are actually here at Understory Reptiles, or Understory Enterprise, sorry, um, they are six to seven months out of the water. 
And they're awesome. very tiny still. They're only about I don't like, think I've seen big. those yet. Did you go look at those yet? Uh, I didn't they're just see them right either. over there. Okay, yeah. after this, we'll go yeah. look at them. Yeah. And I brought the adults here too to show people, you know, how big they do get. Because, do they get quite um, large or? Yeah, they, yeah. they get to a pretty good size. Okay, about okay. like this. And they're so, like, like they're lanky. Like, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, they're very good climbers. Yeah, well, they they look almost more like a dart frog when you look at them, just yeah. like the, the length of the They have very similar care to dart frogs. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And they look sort of like almost fake in a way because like these very like deep purple lines. AI generated. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how did you get into them? Um, I've actually always been pretty interested in them just because of their, um, you know, the way that they look, the purple. Yeah. It's going to catch your attention. Totally. And um, I've always really loved the care behind dart frogs. So when I heard that they were very similar to dart frogs, I was like, okay, I'm getting in on this. Yeah. yeah. So when they came um, available here in Canada, from Nick Stacy, who was the original breeder. Is that indicator species? On yeah, indicator yes. species. Okay. Yeah. yeah, shout out to him. I follow him on Instagram. Love it's, him. Yeah, Nick, you're the best. God yeah. bless you. So that's where your animals came from originally. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So my pair that I have are Nick Stacy's. Okay. So I got a hold of them actually at Tails and Scales through Nelson, and um, they were confirmed male and female. So I kind of knew what I was into, but um, I didn't know how hard it would be to actually breed them and be successful with the tadpoles. Yeah. It was a journey. So how long have you been attempting? How long have I been attempting? Att attempting to get frogs, you know, on, on land. Like, have you failed a couple breeding cycles? Or, no. Oh, so how hard could it have been? You did it the first shot. <laughs> well, to be honest, it was the water quality, which was the hardest part. Okay. Um, I was doing uh, water changes every week. About 25 to 50 percent okay. water changes, depending on how dirty it was. Um, I was also doing around two to three water tests a week. Okay. Yes. So, if you have a lot of experience with um, like aquarium salt water tanks, you'll do fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. For, for us reptile yeah. people yeah. that just uh, set it and forget it, it's yeah. not going to work out. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of science to it. Yeah, change yeah. it when there's poo in it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yes. How come my tadpoles are floating? <laughs> So do you keep anything else as well? Um, yes. Okay. I keep the um, the waxy monkey tree frogs. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I have the two species. There's the Phylomedusa subvaki and the Phylomedusa bicolor. Okay. Yes. Cool. No reptiles, just amphibians? One reptile, Tank. He is our leopard tortoise. He is oh, 12 okay. years old. Okay. Yes. Cool. It's pretty cool. So you must be one of the first in the country that's reproduced them? or Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. You're like the second in North second America. Second in the world. Or in the world. What? You should open with That's that. That's why I dragged her over. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize that. <laughs> you really did. He literally took my hand and ran with me. I was like, okay, cool. All right. Wow. Second in the world. Yeah. I, I knew that what Nick was doing was pretty rare, but I didn't realize that he was. He was the first in the world to ever do it successfully. Okay. Yeah. So what were He's the. He's a god. Was it just the water quality challenge? Is that the main thing? It was, but also the feeding of the tadpoles. Okay. Because uh, the tadpoles, they don't feed off the surface of the water because they're so small. So um, they actually really have a hard time breaking the surface tension of the water. That's amazing. Oh, so what you have to do in order to feed them is you need to create a paste and paint it on the rocks so that they can rasp on the rocks. Wow. Oh, that's yes. cool. So making the food was a process, letting it dry to make sure that when you put it in the water and it doesn't just dissolve, that was really difficult. So did Nick tell you, like, this is how you yeah. got to make it? Imagine how many recipes he's gone through with that. Yes. Like, that sounds like a nightmare. Nick was, uh, he was very helpful. 
So what what is it like? What did what is the paste made out of? Um, we use the spirulina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> you don't have to give right all. Your, you don't have to give all your trade secrets. I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, so spirulina. Okay. And uh, Missouri tortoise diet. Oh, okay. So you grind that up into an extremely fine, fine powder, almost like calcium powder. Yeah. And wow. then you add RO to it, and you you make it into a paste and paint the rocks. And how long? does that process take how long does it take the tadpoles to to jump out how long does it take for like how long are you f- feeding the tadpoles to the point where until they morph yeah like can will they ever get oh. big enough to feed off the surface or are you doing that until they until they morphed? emerge oh my gosh yes and so how long is that it was so december january february march it was about four to five months that's crazy yeah, yeah. It was uh, a lot of labor, and that's why, you know, the price of the toads reflects on the labor. Yeah. Can you Big tell time. us the price? No. Pardon? What's the price? Uh, for the babies right now, I'm selling them for 300 each. Oh, that's not bad. No, yeah. it's really not. Yeah. Um, and I was expecting 1000 Yeah. Well, 1000 for a pair. Okay. So established, already sexed, $1,000, yeah. as it should be. But... As babies, they're they're very small. People are very intimidated by the size. Yeah. So yeah. three hundred each. Um, but they're very hardy toads, and a lot of people they're not they don't really know that. Yeah, yeah. They look at something very small and they think, "Wow, there's no way I can keep that alive." They're very hardy. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're just so unique. They're bizarre looking. Gorgeous. Yeah. Like it's it it's it's worth the journey. I think. Were they know? native to? Uh, for the French Guiana. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yes. The it, it, it reminds me, I did an episode with folks who are doing like captive hermit crab um, breeding. And so the people listening will, will be familiar with this episode. And it's like one more level on top of that, like doing oh. crazy, like 100% water changes. But the, the babies are like microscopic and you're taking oh, them yeah. out one at a time to do the, to really? feed the it's, it's insane. Like I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. But that's literally almost like the same uh, labor intensity. They yeah. were microscopic. Yeah. When they emerge from the water, they're tiny. They're smaller than your pinky nail. And then, what are you feeding the froglets once they once they hop out? Springtails. Oh, springtails. Okay. So, Damn. baby springtails to begin, and then adult springtails as they get more established. Some of them are starting to eat the melanogaster fruit flies. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I have about 180 springtail cultures at home. With different sizes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever tried doing, um, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent now. No, please. Um, I, I was really doing a lot of experimentation when I was doing a lot of frog stuff where I was doing um, like calcium clays, making my own calcium yes. clays yes. and, and kind of trying to up I, um, the nutrition of, of yep. the springtails. I've done that a few times with the calcium clay. Um, I was kind of hit and miss with it. Yes. I had really inconsistent, but then like Josh's, is it Josh's frogs? Yeah. He has a really good thing. And Tails and scales, Nelson. He yeah, he has got the clay. clay. Yeah. Okay, because I think Understory was doing they, it they did. for at least for a while. They were, and I was blown away at the how long. Yeah. It, like yeah. It, it was, it, it lasted forever. But uh, but yeah, because that would be a cool way of kind of making sure the calcium is good and, and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually offer the calcium clay in the uh, vivarium with the toadlets. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they always use it. Really? They sit yeah, on it. they always yeah. sit in it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. So moving forward, you're just going to continue focusing on this species and growing the captive population here? As of right now, I'm focusing on these species. My next thing will be the Phylomedusa salvagi. Okay. So um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Carlos. He is, he's 
Let me show you. <laughs> Let's see Carlos. <laughs> Carlos I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. Carlos yeah, so. is very, very special to me. He is actually, um, this species is what really got me into frogs. Okay. Oh, yeah. yes. Here, yes, can yes. you hold that up to the camera so folks yeah. can see? Even Greg, you, you might. You guys can see, yeah. yeah. There we go. You can see that. Can you can you plug your Instagram quick? The the handle. Um, it's Nat Attacks. Nat. So N A T T A T T A C K S S. Okay, so if folks want to see that picture, they can go there. <laughs> so Simil Carlos, similar to Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very similar to Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. So I'm working on getting some females for Carlos. So that will probably be within the next two years. That will be a project. Cool. That's That'll cool. be a Canada first as well if it's successful. That's amazing. You're incredible. Well, that was Thank awesome. I'm, I'm glad that Greg uh, yanked you over here because uh, yeah, I, I wanted too. to talk to you anyway. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> Thank you, Greg. We'll come look at your frogs later. And for anyone watching, they can go to your Instagram page to see the frogs and or, or the, the, the toads, I should say. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so thank you so much. It's uh, Nat's attacks. No, no, no S. Nat attacks. Nat attacks. Nat attacks. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Like All right, you Perfect. guys. Yeah. yeah, we'll come Great. visit you in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Thank Take you. Care, bye bye. Yeah, Thanks, Greg. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was good. good on. <laughs> All right, I saw Brandon wandering. Oh, did he wander? He did wander by. Um, he was right here. Oh, yeah, he messes me. He'll be back. Oh. He was like, message me when you want me to come over. Yeah, come over now. I'm like, oh, dang. Well, I'll just quickly finish the story I was telling before uh, Natalie came over. But I was just telling A, to the listeners, thank you so much for listening because uh, obviously you all know that I don't record my shows live. So this is a lot of learning and doing this in this environment. It's loud. It's kind of bustling. is uh, different for me, and it's been going well. So I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. People are liking the sort of the mixture of topics, which is really cool. And then I was also saying Fatty was doing a big announcement over the thing, and I was mm -hmm. just saying they're doing a, an aquarium, or that's you know that's the escaping contest with Joey from King of DIY and uh, Chris Biggs. So it's a championship final. <laughs> so I think I think they were just yeah not much of a final of anything. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But, uh, I think both of them admit that they're not aquascapers. Yeah, exactly, So it, yeah. I, I'm not sure what it's going to be. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Who knows? But. Uh, Maybe if we're lucky, we'll get to post pictures later. We'll go see uh, see what they ended up with. I mean, you see like actual aquascapers, and it's like, what the hell is that? It's yeah, yeah. It's funny because uh, Joey disappeared. He never gave me my drink. Would... Who did? Oh, oh, you you ordered a drink, and he never. He just got a bottle of water. So today's stream might be even a little bit longer. So thank you guys for hanging in there. We have a couple more people I definitely want to chat with. We're going to bring Ashley on from Northern Lights Imports, and we're going to talk about her repti bites. For those that aren't familiar with her repti bites, it's similar to like, um, what's the American product called? The uh, repti links. I think that's a, the brand in, in the States. So hers is similar. So she, obviously, Ashley Dazan works with a lot of European species or Asian species, just, I should say, obscure species. So a lot of different, not just rodent feeders. So we need to kind of come up with solutions for these amphibian eaters and and uh and fish eaters so she's created this really cool product basically just um almost like pre <laughs> like pre-packaged meals that have this diversity built into them hey james and uh, so it's super cool oh you got a pizza too you want a piece no 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 you I'm... guys you guys don't want to watch them eat <laughs> yeah that's a different type of channel I'll, I'll lean back when i take a bite yeah yeah we don't want to hear you eating the pizza <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about the mic <laughs> yeah um, here comes Brandon right now. Oh, so you got that giant ice cap, hey? Oh, yeah, I know it's huge, yeah. Is that enough sugar? Oh, yeah. uh, I'm not sure. 
We'll, we'll find out. Brandon. It's the man, the myth, the legend. What's going on, fellas? Welcome. Thank you. Oh, I just almost took with the mic. Oh. So you, you might have, uh, Greg and I are plugged in so we can hear each other, but oh, okay. it's kind of loud in here. So. But we don't want to hear you. So apparently. <laughs> <laughs> How is the show going so far? It's good. It's a good show. Yeah. It's, been, it's well, it got a lot busier. Hey, I mean, it. This yeah, it's, was, it's busy for yeah. a Sunday on a show. Yeah. yeah. This morning it's, was uh, very slow. Yeah. Can you quickly tell everybody your name and the business? Yeah, my name's Brandon Ben Aston, and I run Canadian Cold Blood. Um, predominantly known for monitor lizards. More recently, in in uh, monitor lizards, tree monitors. That seems to be what I'm building a name for. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so how how are you building that name? Because like, you are well known. People often say you're the one of the best breeders, top breeders yeah. in the world. Yeah. For tree monitors. So, how did you get to that point? I, I don't know. I just think. <laughs> figured some stuff out and I you know it just it just travels right I'm not very good at social media so yeah yeah you know, that's I'll, what's cool about it I'll post some things on like some groups and, you know this is breeding that's breeding and yeah I guess people have it's a it's an interesting species that a lot of people look at oh or a group of genus sorry yeah a yeah. lot of people look at and all oh, our monitors are awesome a lot of people like but they are maybe intimidated by them and yeah, yeah. they follow these groups and they see me and you know and yeah well, I imagine too, like, I think one of the problems in our community is people don't stick with a project long enough. And it seems like, how long have you been working with monitors? Oh, God. Uh, I think I got my first Ackies <laughs> in like 1998. Okay. So, and I was only eight years old. No, <laughs> no, no. We're the same uh, yeah, 1998. That I was got... the funniest joke there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, monitors for a long time, right? Like 25, 26 years. Yeah. Uh, and, you know what? I every every monitor species, with the exception of some of the Odatria, that just didn't do it for me, like stores monitors and a couple of those ones. I breed to this day. You know, like yeah, the Camberleys, yeah. Pilbaras, Ackies. You know, they're uh, yeah. I never lost interest in those projects. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was. We were talking about this earlier. Like I'm always in, like I'm a snake guy. And partly is because I'm almost intimidated to keep a monitor because of how intense of an animal it is, like yeah. how much interaction I feel like it would need. And he was saying, like, if you got one, you it's like your dog in a way. Like you're, you know, they're so inquisitive, and and it's not like a nuisance to have to interact with because yeah. they're just such amazing creatures. But is that what really draws you to them? Just oh, to... well, yeah. I mean, a couple of things. They're extremely smart. Right? Yeah. Like I mean, in terms of reptiles, they're at a monitor lizards are at a whole other level. I mean, in terms of intelligence, they problem solved right they uh you know they will actively dig and, and search out insects and i mean you know they're escape artists too right like yeah, yeah, they yeah. will they 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 problem solve man. and it seems like the indonesian species are even like a step above i mean you're you're talking some pretty intelligent animals yeah so and, and i think that's what makes them hard to breed yes because if you don't accommodate what they need or they're bored or they're you know they're not happy then they're not going to do what you want them to do right so yeah 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 so when you first started work so you're working with ackies and you know maybe some of the more common species when yeah. you when did you start folding the tree monitors in and what was that like like was it you, you're bringing them in and you're just like i'm going to hopefully try to breed it and then you know well, solve? okay so <laughs> it, it's 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 interesting because um kimberly rock monitors back you know, throughout the early 2000s and stuff, notoriously, like the rock monitor, Pilbaras and Kimberleys, notoriously hard to uh, to breed for a lot of people. And 
the, the big problem was getting eggs to hatch okay. and uh, you know, incubation was all wrong with them. And I, I'm not going to mention names, but there was a, a well-known guy and he had a pair of blue tree monitors and uh, he would, I would talk to him all the time about Kimberly's cause he had Kimberly's as well and he couldn't hatch either egg. Okay. They would always die full term in, in, you know, in incubation. And I knew what the problem was. You just, some people just can't wrap their head around what, what I was saying in terms of being drier rather than wetter for eggs, right? It's hard to imagine. So you think it was a climate thing? Oh, it was all humidity in, okay. inside the incubator. Anyways, so, and I looked at that and I, I was like, well, he can't hatch Kimberly's. He also can't hatch Lutri's. He's having the same problems both. Well, I'm hatching lots of Kimberly's. I'm sure I can hatch blue trees. And, and uh, that was it. I, I, I kind of prompted that guy. I was like, I wanted to buy his blue tree breeders because because uh, they were producing and they were compatible, whatever that means, right? But they were they were producing. And I was like, okay, well, this is a well-acclimated pair. And uh, he didn't give them up, but it ended up that uh, I was able to get a, get a male that was local here. Uh, from actually Port Credit Pet Center. Well, Grant, he had some there. And uh, so I got a mail from him and there was a, there was this female blue tree at a PJ's Pet Center near where <laughs> wow. I live. And it had been there, <laughs> I swear to God. And it had been there for two, three years. And they bought it as a little thing. And, and uh, I just happened to be at a show and, they, and I never go in PJs where, where I'm like, whatever, <laughs> right? No, no offense to PJs, I just wasn't. You're not you know, going in there for tree months. Right, right, you know, and, and uh, he comes up to me at a show and he's like, oh, I, He's like, we got a blue tree monitor at the store. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's a female blue tree. And I'm thinking, yeah, if it's a blue tree, it's not a, you know, what are the chances? Yeah. Well, sure as hell, it was a female blue tree that they've raised in the store since a hatchling and uh, like a little imported baby. And so, uh, and they were, they had a crazy sticker price on it. So I just said, hey, I'll trade you a bunch of like, lesser valued animals that you could easily sell in the store for the blue tree worked out a deal i got that thing and yeah it was game on as soon as i got that I, it, it laid two dud eggs and right away and i was like because they had told me it had laid a couple eggs before so for me it laid two dud, dud eggs i thought it was a bit small but uh it, when it laid for me i was like well she's producing yeah. i'll put some weight back on her and put the put her with the male and yeah after that five good eggs right away hatched them all Wow. Just like I would incubate Kimberly's, it was perfect. That's amazing. Yeah, and then that was like, oh, yeah, these do. That was like kind of a criticism of mine in the monitor community. People were like, oh, anybody can, you know, you could breed Odatria and stuff, but you'd never be able to breed the tree monitors, right? That was what they said. And yeah. So I was kind of like, wanted to be like, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like idea. it was kind of like that, right? They're yeah. no different, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you can hatch a Kimberly egg, you can hatch anything. I would imagine. So is it that the dryness makes the shell too tough for the animal's tooth, or what do you no, think? No, it's it, in incubation. It's uh, I always incubate probably drier than what most people would. Oh, okay. Because with Kimberly's, that's the problem. If they're too wet, oh, okay, gotcha. The egg swells, and there's I don't know if it's over excessive pressure inside of the egg. They cannot hatch, and they have some deformities. There's subtle deformities when they're when the eggs are overhydrated, but. Okay. They have some subtle deformities that you can tell, like if you were to pull a baby Kimberly out of the egg after it had passed away in there, you can look at it and be like, yeah, that egg was too wet, right? Okay. They get some facial deformities, like uh, they, they get um, a little domed skull on them, which I don't know if it has to do with pressure inside the egg. And people used to complain about, oh, I opened up my, 
incubation container and the egg just burst open, right? Yeah. Well, it's because the pressure, the pressure inside. Yeah. And then, you know, they're pulling it out of an 85 degree incubator into a maybe a 75 great, degree yeah, room yeah, and that exactly. temperature change is yeah. awesome, right? Yeah. So that was, that's it. People just keep them too wet, like yeah. the egg's too wet. Yeah, it's you can tell you have experience when you can look at a dead, you know, fetus and tell that the yeah, condition yeah. was like it's too wet in the, in the incubator. Well, because I've been, uh, everybody's done it, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, I, you know, the first clutch of Kimberly eggs, same thing happened to me. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it, you know, it happens sporadically because it, it, humidity in your incubator varies depending totally, on the yeah. amount of eggs you have in there and time of year where I live. Right, dry in the winter, really humid in summer, so you see if enough of them and you start to notice trends, right? So I always record that information like that. That doesn't look right. And for this reason, so now I put the pieces of the puzzle together and I know exactly what I'm looking yeah. at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, and, I refuse and you to reference your reference, making notes. And I think that's a big thing. People's arrogance kind of steps in and doesn't let them take notes. They're like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. Uh, there's a lot. And, there's a lot. And of it's, and it's that tracking. And when I, when I chat with you, I'm always impressed about that kind of reference. Of, oh, I take yeah. notes to like every day I'm in there and like I have post-it notes. I probably have four or five post-it notes on every enclosure that I have yeah. because I'm like, you know, oh, there's this one's building, this one's doing this. Like, you know, I'm always, it's not super formal, but post-its and then the real eventful things I'll write down, right? That's, I'm, I, I'm a trained zoologist. Let's yeah, put it that yeah. way, right? That's what I went to school for. So I'm, I'm good, in, <laughs> good in the lab yeah. setting. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. would you ever write uh, a book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My plan, my plans have been to. Well, I, I actually am going to take half a year off work this year because you're a teacher. I'm a teacher. Yeah. yeah. So I've, uh, I, my plan was last year to do the same thing. I submitted for a half a year leave of absence. I, I ended up not taking it. A few, few things, investment opportunities came up. So you know how that goes. But this yeah. year I did the same thing. So, and in the off time was to write a book, and. Um, and redo my website because I'm like I said I'm not a social media guy so it's antique, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I can but redo the that. website yeah. and then just just you know maybe focus more on those projects, right? Like yeah, yeah. Business wise, I mean, it's it's more like in terms of money. Let's say it's much more beneficial for me to do that for reptiles than oh, yeah. teaching, right? Yeah. Teachers in Canada make great money, but still, you know, it can be. You know, it can the, the monitors can be quite lucrative if if you're doing them right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, Although you must be one of the coolest science teachers. It's science. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, teacher. biology. Yeah. High school biology. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm sure your yeah. kids love that. They <laughs> they love it. I have I have uh, every semester I have what what the kids call snake day, right? So kids coming in the high school like when snake always right they always hear about it filters through so they come to my school and it's funny because it's called it snake day and i only bring one damn snake in now yeah. right and it's one ball python that they can just handle right yeah. that i've had for years <laughs> and the rest are all these crazy cool lizards right yeah. so yeah. that's cool yeah so you start was the blue trees the first tree monitors and then you branched up and maybe you could quickly just describe you said it's a group of it's a subgenus or as far as the tree monitors go they're they're separate species but they're kind of on, on an umbrella yeah, they're just, they're, well, the, it's just a genus, right? Varanus okay. just means monitor lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the so, tree monitors themselves are kind of, do they have a sub, I thought they were like a sub genus or a group of. Um, no, they're classified as like their individual species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, evolutionarily speaking, they're so close. They're yeah. so recent, right? Yeah. Like, they're so recently 
separated from one another. I mean, they're they're identical size. They can interbreed with one another, probably. Like, I don't do that, but, yeah, yeah. you know, you could mix any color, I'm sure. I know it's been done in the past with some of them. So they're they're extremely similar because right? their evolutionary pathway has just changed in recent history with r- rising sea levels in Indonesia. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's what separated them off from the rest of the population. And it's just fascinating that each of those little localities developed a, a, such a different color. I mean, you have blue, yellow, well, green, and black. Well, that's the crazy thing, right? It's like whatever on those islands directed that pathway is really interesting because, like, for me, a blue tree is like. What the hell? I mean, the little one you have there is like yeah. it's just stands out like a sore thumb. Right. So. It's like you, you'd think, but you know, predation on the island might be different than other, you know, mainland Indo or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. So, right. So, would you think that you know the blacks would actually be potentially from a cooler? Yeah. Area? So, like, are they? Would do you find that they'd be a hardier species in that sense for temperatures, or have you ever poked and prodded in that? Right. Yeah. Well. Well, you know what I. Uh, um, black trees, I would, in my opinion, have been the hardest to produce out of the most available four, like blues, yellows, greens, and blacks. Blacks are probably the hardest to produce. And it's because, you know, you build your setups for, and your, you know, your shop setting and all this for all the other colors and it's catered just to them. And, and, uh, you know, some of the things I noticed about black trees, uh, lead me to believe that they are colder one of them is they're black. So usually yeah. when you get a black reptile, they're from a slightly colder environment, so they right. can absorb the heat. But the other thing is when the lights <laughs> the lights come on in the in the morning, right? So when the lights come on, those black trees are out basking, right? Like within a minute. It's crazy. They they know and they're out. Whereas the all the other colors, they filter out a half hour, 45 minutes. So it tells me that they're you know, their response is to absorb as much heat energy as possible when they can. Yeah. So that's that. I, I've asked a couple, you know, people in Indonesia that I've communicated with. I'm like, what's the deal with black trees? Like, are they, you know, let's say distributors of, you know, exporters. Where are you guys collecting these things yeah, from, yeah. right? Like, they're from Aru Island, but are they high elevation? What's it like? And I haven't been able to, you know, get much good info from them yeah. like oh it's just like anything else but something yeah. so so my plan with but the we blacks, have to hop a military fence to get there so we can't talk about yeah, it. yeah yeah right yeah. but like part of the plan for me i was actually going to move the black tree enclosures to um the basement of my shop i have a two-level shop okay, okay. and uh it's cooler down there just to see if it did anything for breeding so you know, part of it was I was keeping them too hot to begin with as well, like all of them, and, you know, switched a few things around. So but when you say they're harder to breed, is it uh, egg failure? Is it just not actually pairing well? It's not actually, like, cycling properly, okay, right? Okay. So, you know, and that seems to be somewhat different per individual of the black trees, but right. across the four pairs that I have, it's like I have one, that, one pair that breeds regularly, um, another pair that you know, breeds regularly and I don't get a ton of fertile eggs from that one. And then I've had one pair that didn't do anything. So um, when I made some subtle changes, I saw a lot more breeding activities. So I'm going to go down that wormhole with them a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, would you ever go visit Indonesia? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, eventually I would. I'd love to, I right? I can't imagine just, like how much more data you could extract. Oh, well, that's the thing. You need to you need to see it and breathe it in person to really yeah. grasp it, right? And that, that could be part of your book. That'll be your pitch to your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the problem is life just gets in the way, right? Yeah, you get yeah. two kids and the, you know, one's just turned 13. The other one's 11. You got so much going on with them. To go to Indonesia, you'd need to dedicate two months to like yes. travel and go to every you know, spot. So you want to do it right. It might be more of a retirement thing, or yeah. drag the kids there when they're a bit older. Yeah. I don't know. You know. Yes. Plus, in some of the places in Indo, there's a lot of instability and civil yeah. unrest. Oh, it's and a huge. So it's, yeah. you know, you don't want to. Like, I don't mind going, but I don't want to bring my family <laughs> to yeah. some of those places, yeah. right? Like West Papua. And oh, Papua yeah. It's like Civil War all the time. Yeah, yeah, right. So I've heard some horror stories. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So obviously the tree monitors that come with a high price tag, they're a really neat animal. They're rare. But you also work with things that are more reasonable for like the newer keeper uh, as far as like getting into monitors. Yeah, like Aki's, yeah. you know, is sure. It, is that what you have? Like as far as like a recommendation for someone jumping into the monitor world, would you say Aki's? Yeah, they're they're the the starter monitor, if you would, right? They're yeah. forgiving, so you can make mistakes with them, and they'll they'll be fine. Yeah, really, yeah. right? I mean, all monitors are pretty tough as long yeah. as you meet some like basic basic requirements. Most right. of it's social behavior, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the big problem, right? Not giving them enough. Well, it's not it's not even social like interaction or stimulation. It's like it's uh, social behavior within pairings or groups. Oh, I see. Yeah, and and there's a lot of subtle things that most people just don't recognize that will make or break the, you know, make or break the uh, health and wellness and breeding potential of your monitors. Right? Like you'd be surprised. I mean, there's a whole bunch of myths out there about about uh, monitor lizards, right? Like back when I started with Aki's, there were, you know, the the big myth, and I'm not sure if it was intentionally set out there by the primary Aki breeders in the US at the time. But it's like, well, if you buy three, one turns out to be male and, you know, you the other two are females, right? And there was nothing further from the truth. You know, it's it's like you get an alpha male that displays male secondary sex characteristics and then you could have two other males in there, but because they're both betas, they don't they don't, they don't. develop fully yeah. like a male. And people think they have two girls. That's interesting. You know, like I've picked up so many nice male monitors that people think are females because of that situation that belief so but it'd be somebody trying to breed ackies and they have three males in an enclosure <laughs> well that's not going to work right yeah. so yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's fascinating yeah. i didn't know any of that oh yeah, yeah it's cool. crazy yeah and, so, and you have one as well you love yours i love mine yeah and that's why like when when people ask me about Oh, can they be raised up in groups and stuff? Yeah, sure they can, but that's going to happen as they get older. You're going to get dominance, and and you're not gonna, you're going to think you have something that you don't. So for my own breeding, like for my own stuff that I'm raising up to sell or raising up to keep for myself, it's all separate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I never have any problems with introduction because I know. By the time they're mature and they're ready for introduction, I know exactly what they are, male, female. And if you put a male, female together, I've never seen fighting really. Right. Nothing like that. Stores monitors were the one exception where they did, they did they're angry to begin with, but that was it. <laughs> Everything else has been perfect, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, even if you pulled out a beta, 
like it could be how long is it? It could take months for that thing to sort of uh, mature itself. Well, you can be amazed. You pull it out of that stressful environment, you put it by itself, and within a month, you're like, yeah, that's male. Oh, okay. like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it really is. That's cool. You know, as soon as it feels comfortable, yeah, it's, it's yeah. That's amazing. Well, Brandon, I think we could talk to you for hours oh, yeah. because you have thousands. Of, yeah. We'll have to do a proper episode of the yeah, podcast sure. at some yeah, point. Yeah. I'll have you on. We'll dig into that. And I think, is there any other things you want to say before we let Brandon go? Uh, no, I don't think so. I probably did, but now I've lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're going to go to his house later yeah, and talk yeah. to him for hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you let everybody know where they can find you? Yeah, uh, Canadian Cold Blood Facebook and Instagram. Like I said, the website that I have right now, CanadianColdBlood.com, and so it hasn't been updated since like 2009 or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. So most recent availability, or if you want to reach out, would be, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or you can email me, Brandon, at CanadianColdBlood.com. And yeah, if you have questions, I'll answer them. Cool. Awesome. Well, Brandon, All thank right. you so much. Yeah, Good no luck problem. with the rest of the show. We'll come thank by you. and visit you. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, we'll see guys. you later. Have Bye-bye. a good rest of the show. Oh, that was great. Uh, yes, that he, was great. I love that when you're just like, there's no arrogance. And it's just like, oh, he just absolutely. knows. Yep. Just like, he knows his stuff. He's a good guy yeah. and happy to share his information. Yeah, exactly. Which is what this should all be about. Yeah. You know, it's totally. so cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that was cool. Um, Brad, give us another $5. Brad, thank you so much. He has a, he has a blue tree monitor himself. And you've probably yes. seen you've, Brad's bioactive. You oh, seen yes, him? yes. Yeah, yeah. His yep. enclosures. Um, should we get uh, who else is on our list? I don't know here? who's on the list. We got Nick, Ashley, Darren. So who wants to come over? Do you want to poke well, your head? In I there will just poke see? my head in uh, there. Anyone? Just grab whichever one looks close. Yeah, as I suspected, this one will be a little long. Well, maybe not. We're an uh, hour and a half in. We'll see. We got a couple more people I want to talk to for sure. Greg will capture them for us. Did you steal someone? I have stolen someone, the mighty Ashley. Oh, Ashley. But um, she's just got to finish up with someone right now. She's making um, a sale. Yeah, they kind of got to open the, open the uh, curtain and... They looked uh, pretty busy over there. Mm. The so. thing with Ashley is her booth is so unique here because of, as we were talking about with, with uh, James, just like the ball python, the uh, Cresties, she has just crazy stuff. Like when you go oh, to her, yeah. like, I mean, a lot of it would be at a price range for people who are just wanting to, you know, get into their first reptile. But yeah, well, she's, see, a, she's a big import, European importer. Yeah. So um, you just see some cool stuff. Uh, yeah. She's got super cool stuff usually. Yeah. She has some shingle backs right now that she's showing off. That, yeah, um, yeah. pretty incredible. Probably the only one we'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. Probably I held it. I touched it. I didn't I, want to hold it. I didn't I, want to be responsible for that. And it was a little nerve wracking. Yeah. But uh, that'll be probably the only one I ever hold. Yeah, most likely. And definitely the only one I'll ever lick. So, <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. It was a good opportunity. They taste like chocolate. Yeah. Well, well as chicken, I should have said chicken. <laughs> <laughs> as we're waiting for Ashley, we should tell people that. You are getting a black tree monitor from Brandon. I am. Yep. Later today. Yep. I have a, a most likely male black so tree that, monitor. He pre- that's one of his. That's like, one of his. Clutch this year. Yeah. So one that actually worked for him. Yeah. So that's one of uh, last year's. Do you have plans on? Would you eventually want to try breeding? Or are you, I eventually will. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah, so you have yeah. to get another one. Yeah. 
Yes, I will. <laughs> price tag. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll eventually work down that road. Yeah. I've got to kind of restructure. I'm redesigning my, my room right now. Yeah. Because, I mean, they aren't huge lizards, thankfully. No, they're not huge, but they're active. They're they're active. They need to have enough room. Yeah. And um, and when you're keeping like a bunch of that medium size monitor, the enclosures get bigger. Yeah. You know, like when yeah. you, when you have you know cressies or something like that. You know, you're dealing with an eighteen, eighteen, twenty four, or thirty six or something, and you know I'm dealing with four foot wide plus enclosures for the most part. Yes, yeah, so you can't, you don't really have room for a lot. Yeah, so it's kind of lot, would, would you get a planning. Would you go for a different color as well at some point or are you just, were you, was your heart um, set on black? Black was my holy grail yeah. of, of them. I would we'll, we'll see how things go. Down the road, I'm, I might delve into a different color, but I'll probably stick with black for, mm. for now. I've got, I've got Kimberly's and, and stuff too, so should we get her to bring some? Should we bring the shingle one? Yeah, bring something over. Yeah, bring something over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not pizza. <laughs> wow, I don't know about the pizza. Yeah. I mean, pizza's cool um, too, but no one wants to see pizza. Yeah. They've all seen pizza before. Yeah. Most but, people uh, have seen pizza. Most people. You have um, a lot of viewers though, so yeah. who knows where they are. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I just feel like the black trees. And even the blue trees, to some extent, were pictures that you would see like five years ago, and it would just be like the, like you said, holy grail. Like, you oh, could, yeah, you could never imagine even seeing no, one. Absolutely. And now it's like, oh, I mean, that's why you have someone like him who's willing to put the time in and invest, because I can't imagine oh. how much money. <laughs> no, especially when you're, uh, we'll, we'll we'll quote it, an early adopter. That's you right. know, uh, you when you're one of the the primary people getting into it, it's it's an yeah. investment, but. You also say it's your business and you yeah. you invest to to get returns to exactly, some degree, yeah. you know? Well, and like I was saying with the, I had a sense that he would want to write a book because he's, you know, one, oh, of, one of those note guys. And yeah. I just feel like those people, like they end up with a book anyway, because they're like, look at all oh, this shit. Absolutely. So, much, so much notes. Yeah. And I could easily put a book together. So that yeah. would be a, a He's a crazy pile of Oh, look at this. We've got sausages. Oh my golly, golly. They look delicious. And ice packs. Yeah. So all right. Kinda, oh God. There we go. <laughs> Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Let's see how you sound in here. Hello, hello. That's pretty good. Uh, everybody should be familiar with Ashley. You've been on my podcast once. Yeah, uh, yes. And you've been on, uh, have you been, have you done one with, with Liam and, and Ellie before? Probably not. I don't know no, who they are. No, oh, I'm rough those reasons. But you did yeah. one with uh, Roy and, uh, and, and Phil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So people are familiar with you. So just real quick for anyone who isn't familiar with you, can you let us know your name? You already know it. But your company, uh, maybe both companies. Oh, both of my, so I'm Ashley Dezan from Northern Lights Reptile Imports, and I also am the creator of Reptibites. Mm. Um, that started because <laughs> I have an unfortunate liking of snakes. I eat frogs. Yes. So then some of them are seven feet long, and I don't want to feed 10, 20 frogs a sitting. So You have to problem solve that. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so if anyone goes back to the original episode Ashley and I did together, I don't remember 50s, somewhere. Anyway, just type it in. You'll find it. We talked about your sort of how you got into importing all that. But also in that episode, we talked about the amphibian eaters and these things. Yeah. And at that time, you were were you blending, were you blending frogs? I forget exactly. Oh, God. Or what were you, I, I do remember the story of you thinking <laughs> so, like, so oh, bad. I'll just take a, <laughs> well, you were so importing bad. crazy amounts of frogs to feed, obviously. Yeah. And I remember you yeah. saying like, she's like, I tried to. 
shave a, a mouse to trick an animal into thinking it was an amphibian. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> that didn't oh, work yet. So you've yeah. gone through a lot here because you have this passion for species that just aren't going to eat rodents. Yeah, exactly. So the, the whole frog and uh, mouse thing you're talking about. So frogs tend to not have great calories. And trying to feed a snake that's, again, seven feet long, it needs a lot of calories. And it's very active. So I had to, like, shove pinkies and stuff in their mouth. And I'm not a fan of having rodents being fed to a, a, a frog eater. It's not right, right? Yes, so. yeah. So that's how it started. So so telling me about the evolution of these. Maybe we can just, do you want to hold one up to the camera just so people can see the packages? Yeah, and, uh, have fun with these. So these are the two of the, the four frog ones here. So obviously, you know, we know the problem. <laughs> there we go. Repti bites. And uh, I guess just real quick for people listening, these are only available in Canada, I assume. Yes. Yeah, yes. So, so which is good because Americans have similar products. I don't know how similar they are to like the Repti links and whatnot, but we don't have anything like this in Canada and it's much needed. So obviously the problem was you don't want to feed rodents to amphibian eaters. And then how did you, what did you do from there? So I basically... When I was importing all these frogs and everything, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what if one day I can't import these anymore and I'm stuck with snakes that eat frogs? What do I do? And I wanted to problem solve this before it was too late. And this was maybe two years ago. And I started with just basic, like, gelatin. Uh, no specific gelatin. It was just gelatin. And sorry in advance to people that don't like animals being killed. <laughs> um, but I, I would take frogs. And like, I'd take like maybe like two frogs. Were and these still wild caught imports that you were bringing in? Or? Yeah. So okay. I would, I would euthanize all my frogs, put them in the freezer, just like you would a rat or a mouse or yeah. whatever it may be. And I would put them in the blender with frog legs. <laughs> Sounds so bad. And try and make us like a sausage out of them. So it's easier just to feed and see if it would work. So they would eat them. But my problem was if they were in the temperature of like 80 degrees for any extended time or even less, it was Melted. vomit. Oh. It was <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is useless. Yeah. And so she would eat them. But what, it had to what be species, quickly. by the way, was this? It's it's a, or, no. no, this is um, Chironia scurrilis, okay, the, which are the fire snakes or the machete snakes, machete snakes whatever yeah. you want to call them. So but it worked for me, but there's no way it would work for anybody else. Yeah, you're and not sell that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So then I tried to do sausage casing. It, it works. Like I just fill them with the sausage casing, or whatever. But the problem was scenting them. Oh, because it so, erases the scent. Yeah. So all the frogs on the inside, but she's not going to eat them now because right. it doesn't smell like frogs. So I was like, okay. So I have this blended frog mash. I was like wiping it on the the, <laughs> the slurry stuff. I'm just like, no, this isn't this isn't feasible. This is gross and. So I did a lot of tests and trials. I found a great one. It was the agar agar, which is a gelatin derived from seaweed. Okay. So it worked great. However, I'm feeding like at that point, 30 to 50% seaweed now to my snakes. And I, like, I know they eat some plant material when they eat their food, course, but yeah. it's not that type of amount. And I wasn't, she ate it. It wasn't an issue. There was no, no issues at all. But I wasn't sure what the long-term effects were going to be. And so I started doing more research and I found a type of gelatin, which is animal derived, that doesn't really thaw and oh, it doesn't melt, I should say, until around 95 to 120 Fahrenheit. Okay. So I was like, most ambient temperatures will not be that unless you thaw them in hot water. 
which I learned. Oh, <laughs> did you do that? I did. So yeah. I, I had a bowl of soup, soup, frog soup. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just don't do that. Don't put them in warm anything. I air thaw them and they're great. And uh, yeah, since then they've been working great. I've perfected in terms of the nutrition level and diversity. I've added more to my product. So it's not just frog and bullfrog leg. Because at the end of the day, each frog, I don't know what it's eaten last yes. or what the condition might be that I don't see. Because once they're frozen, like they deflate a lot. So Gross. what the, the nutrition yeah. quantity is for a big animal right. is not, you need a lot more. Yeah, it's, yeah. Otherwise, you're severely lacking even in the sausages. So I get whole ground chicken, which is the next closest thing to a frog. You don't have high uh, fat calories or anything of the sort, high protein content, all that that a mouse would have. Right. And it, it works great. I just do, it's like, I don't know, 20% whole ground chicken for all like the whole prey. And another 20% is whole frog. And then the rest of it is whole frog legs. Okay. Yeah. See, that's what's so, I You're love about away all your secrets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it, many people aren't going to go through no, those uh, no, blending no. steps. But that's no. what yeah. I love about the <laughs> reptile hobby and just community in general. Is yep. like you got to solve a problem, and then you're just doing the weirdest stuff to yeah. solve it. You're like, yeah. You probably have those moments of realization where you're like cleaning up like frog blender, and you're like, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's pretty good overall, but the, I ran into new problems with my other formulas. So because you've been mixing, so you're trying some new things, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, I have fish and invert now for monitors. That's the main, the main go-to. It could be for anything Woo. that eats inverts or whatever. But I ran into an issue where some inverts are very cold tolerance, and that affects gelatin. Mm. <laughs> that was another fun time, and it was disgusting. They formed. There were no problem, but. After like two hours of being out, they just kind of yeah. melted. I'm just like, what is going on? It's that room temperature. But things like shrimp, for example, they're very cold tolerant. So there's something in their blood, like high glucose, that oh. won't let it bind. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. See, look at all the stuff you yeah. learn when you start blending animals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, who knew that? Right? You would never think about Yeah, that's cool, yeah. though. So how, how, have you had to solve Have you solved it? Yeah, or? I have. What did you, or is that a secret? You That's can, a secret. Okay. I'm not telling that one. That okay. one took too long to figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so I figured it out, and I can still use shrimp, which is great. I figured it out, but I have to qual I quality test every single batch. I'll just put one aside and just and make sure. It. Oh, totally. Mm. <laughs> and make sure it's fine. Like I just leave it out for a few hours. Okay. And it's good. That's really cool. Yeah. So as far as sourcing the frogs, are those the wild caught ones coming through for the shipments? Like, would, yeah. do you have a, a plan to eventually try to captive breed? I, a supply or is that too much is that laborious so i attempted that i failed miserably it is very expensive to do yeah okay unfortunately so i had um a colony of racophorus leucomyes stacks uh the golden tree frogs from vietnam and i'd be getting them to breed and whatever but i was just never getting eggs or they would lay their foam nests on the mister and when yeah. the mister sprayed it would just fall in the water. I'm just uh, like, well, that just ruined everything. But um, then I thought about it, though. Once I get the tadpoles to froglets, they're very small. Yeah. But then I got to feed these things thousands upon thousands right. of crickets. And I'm like, well, that's not profitable at all. Yeah. So I just import them. I freeze them, make sure all the parasites, anything is just dead, gone. Yeah, yeah. And I use those. 
And then how big? So you actually have these little forms. Like these are little um, jelly so, molds. Yeah, exactly. So they're like silicone molds that I use to get the shape. The shape is more just for, for funsies, fun. yeah. right? I got these big guys and I got frogs half this size. And then I have ones that are like very long, skinny sticks. They're like a quarter of a centimeter, a half a centimeter wide. Yeah. And you can just cut it up to size for like baby hog nose or something. Okay. And then so use scissors. <laughs> is that the way to do it? You figure that out? Ashley told me that. Okay. Scissors. I was sawing through scissors. Um you know, you were mentioning with the uh with the machete snake that you have yeah. to feed like several frogs. So yeah. is this the largest size you get? Like is that a Yeah, so this is a, I can technically make larger, but it's just it's irrelevant to it's gonna cost the same amount as feeding like three of these. So you just feed off a couple of those yeah. at once, yeah. I just put three on a plate. Oh the current one I have, she takes it right off the stats. Okay, cool. And she usually they're they're very shy, flighty species, but she will not let go of it. Even if she's tripping out and like getting trying to get away from it, she holds it and she runs like a dog with a bone. It's yeah. the funniest thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I imagine one of those sausages is probably like three frogs at least. Exactly. So you give her a couple of those and you're like six, yeah. eight frogs in. Exactly. So I, with those frogs, with how like nutrient dense they are, I kind of, it's like a mouse and a half per yeah. sausage. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so crucial. We, I've talked about this lots. We, we get hung up on feeding rodents, right? Just across yeah. the board. And how many animals don't actually eat? I mean, there are a lot. Of snakes and whatnot that eat rodents in the wild, but there's they also variety. They have variety. The yeah. rodents are way leaner in the wild. A lot of birds getting eaten, and a lot of amphibians and a lot of reptiles. Yeah. So have, have you have you tried mixing in any reptiles? It's gonna be coming up soon. Okay, I'm waiting on my geckos. <laughs> okay, like house geckos or like uh, these will be golden geckos because they're more meatier. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So that'll be another so blend. Crusties. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I tried breeding those and I got impatient. I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah, but it is crucial. Like, if we're gonna keep these animals with specialized diets, we kind of can't say force them to eat exactly. uh, rodents. Oh, and like, yeah. people are always like, oh, but that's cruel. But it's like, it's a mouse and a rat is no different. It's still a living being, more or less. At the end of the day, what there's nothing different at the end. Of the day. Yeah. So I mean, the animals need to eat. Yeah, we gotta treat yeah. our animals fairly. And yeah, it sucks. I'm a reptile keeper. I do that, but. I keep my reptiles and I have to take care of them properly. Yeah. And anybody should do that. Absolutely. And it's, and it's kind of time. Like this is, this is coming in where it's kind of a, a time to start. Like we're looking at so many different things within the hobby right now yeah. of what, what was done wrong or what, and what needs to be fixed. Yeah. And diet seems to be one that is severely ignored. You Especially know. because of how easy rats are. Yeah. Well, it's just it, right? And everyone's, the, the businesses are there to be, set up doing the rat production everyone's used to it they look yeah. at their they know their rat size or their mouth size that they feed yeah yeah there's no guesswork and but take changing that yeah and this is a great opportunity to do that my i know my uh, uh my aki goes crazy over them like we'll jump yeah up to get them he goes bananas i wonder if it's the scent or the smell like it's a very i'm sure it's a potent smell compared to like a um well, i don't know actually actually they're I don't really smell them. No, no, no but I mean, yeah. they would smell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, clearly. Yeah. I don't yeah. smell the frog, but my snakes surely do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's amazing about it is like, oh, these are an animal that has evolved to eat amphibians. It's like it's programmed to be responding to that. Uh, yeah. uh, responding. Should I be to... one second? Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're thirsty. Yeah, I'm slowly dying. <laughs> <laughs> We have all our waters that we're not yeah. sharing. Yeah. yeah. 
um, you know, that's really cool. So as far as other species that have, you, you know, you, you keep obscure things, but just yeah. like co more common things, I'm sure hog nose, yes. uh, monitors, like, has there been, do you have that as well? Thank you. Um, so story about hog nose. This is proof in the pudding. Um, someone I know had hog nose and he bred them, whatever, like most hog nose people do. He had a female that was around six years old, looked great visually, like visually no issues. She oh, died. Yes. Okay. Yeah, she died. Yeah, you probably see these, saw these photos. Post, yeah. And I opened her up just, I like to learn about my animals. So I do necropsies to check them out and see what may the cause be, how to fix it, this and that. So I opened her up for him and I couldn't see any organs. That's crazy. Yeah. So between her, between the rib and the skin layer, it was fine. There's no fat buildup, no anything. But her organs were crushed by fat. Oh my God. Yeah. There were so many fat blobs just wrapped around like the heart, the stomach, up into the neck. And, and, and just visually looking at her before she died, you wouldn't have. She looked okay. And that's yeah. the thing with snakes. They build up their fat internally yeah, in visceral. the skeleton. So not like us where we're squishy everywhere. No, you can't tell. Unless it's like severe obesity, then it goes into the skin layer for a snake. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. An, that's an animal that was fed rodents. Rodents. So these were, it was being fed adult mice okay. at that point. So, and then that my friend quickly changed his diet and all of his snakes. And you could actually, they, she looked fine, but the rest of his snakes visually lost a lot of weight still. You would never, yeah. like, she looked normal, hobby standard. But then it's like, oh. You look even better now after a few months. Yeah. And that was wow. a rotational diet of quail, frogs, frog legs. And um, like once a month, it was like a small hopper mouse for adults. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine yeah. too. Yeah. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong yeah. with rodents. It's just yeah. like, it's, just don't it's, eat your steak your volume, every day. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a lot. There's a lot of fat, especially the, you know, the, the lab grown mice. Like there's, they're going to yeah. be fatty. Yeah, that, that's yeah, they're not worked out. Yeah, they're just they're, sitting yeah. there. Waiting well, to that's eat. just yeah. that they're in the bins, right? So they don't have the same exercise as a wild mouse. Yeah. yeah. And that's the issue. And so you're also, I know you have some quail that you're working on. Yeah. Is that for these or that's just for both, like as um, a feeder or? So it's they're, I'm going to be putting them in this as well as selling them as for feeders. And I use them as feeders. And yeah. Yeah. And pets. And pets. Yeah, pets too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw. I, I always tell the story because I feed a lot of quail, and I remember seeing one of my friends who's a vet post like someone bringing their pet quail in for yeah. a checkup, and I'm like, oh, that's so weird. I got like ten of them in my freezer. Yeah, yeah. it's just that you know you can have a different relationship with them. Yeah, but they yeah. are cute. They are adorable. Oh, I love my. I, quail. I, I've I've just seen in a video chat the, some baby quails. Yeah. yeah. They're well, so they're, they're so small too. Like that's what's nice about them. Like when they hatch, yeah. they're tiny. Like I could get in a lot of trouble adding a yeah. quail onto my list and, after this sex. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. oh, you might be bringing some home tonight. <laughs> 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 I have a button quail right now. They're the smallest of all the quail, and the chicks are quote unquote called bumblebee chicks because they're almost the size of a bumblebee. That's they're crazy. smidge bigger, but like my thumb. Yeah. Uh, a day old, and with my quail. Most people will euthanize day-old chicks at, well, a day-old. The problem with that is they're full of yolk. So this new, highly dense nutritional, again, blob at that point, which is great for the odd, rare meal, but you cannot feed that every day. Right. And it's a problem. So people are like, oh, yeah, birds are so much better, but you're working with the birds where the bone density is not there yet. The calcium is not there yet. And it's just a lot of fats, a lot of proteins in the yolk within the chick. 
and you're just feeding a bunch of pinkies at that point yes. to your animal. Yeah. So I wait till about three days before I euthanize my quail. So the yolk is gone, it's used, and they're eating on their own, and they're stronger. Okay, that's yeah. a good tip, actually. Yeah, it never dawned on me. Yeah. yeah, although I do think about the pinkies all the time, right? How yeah. you know they're basically a blob, a blob yeah. of fat and milk. Oh yeah, yeah, and milk. Yeah, yeah. as you can see the milk in, exactly. in their yeah. bellies, even yeah. Yeah. like that's really all you are is a milk bag. Yeah, because they, they need that fat to live those few days before they get going, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing people fail to realize, and I understand why they don't realize it, because it's like, oh, different prey item, birds are healthier, less fat, but it's like. All that in there right now from that day old chick is just it's not good yeah. yeah yeah so on top of that you also have your importation business which is like you're one of the reasons we have a diverse hobby in canada in a lot of ways you know like you bring things in which is really cool <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about that i mean that's a lot yeah. of work too so that all started because of a snake i wanted mm. that i bought without any knowledge of how to get it into Canada because I really wanted it and I didn't care. I was like, I'm and fighting so you, away. You bought, you bought it first, right? Yeah. This is the mangrove. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The the Palilo mangrove snakes. And it was beautiful, like bright blue and yellows and blacks. It was great. So I was looking for like, I wonder if you could ever get these. And this was back in 2013, I think. And I found one on a random German website and it was just a snake in a garbage pail. And I'm like, huh. I want it. I finally found it. Ah, so I contacted the guy and I'm like, I'll pay for it right now. How much is it? He's like 2000 euro. Uh -huh. And at the time that's like 3,800 Canadian. I'm just like, Oh my God. But I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out somehow. Give me a few months to pay it in increments. And he's like, okay, sure. Uh, this guy had no idea who I was, but he was very trusting. And Cause was, how old were you? I was 20. What was I in 2013? 22. Okay, so pretty yeah, young. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I know it's weird. I always forget about that. I, right? I, I was like, forty-five and twenty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I always think the two thousand like eight and seven was ten years ago. Yeah, but that's yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, it's a blur. Yeah, all the blur. But uh, so I bought her, and I'm like, how the heck do I figure this out? And so he got me in contact with another European, and she was like, yeah, we can figure figure something out, but it's gonna be very expensive, whatever. So I'm like, oh, true. And so she offered a few of her animals to me. So I could tell friends, like, hey, do you guys want anything just to cover the freight cost? And then she offered me to of the first generation ever of the Palila mangroves. And the first ones ever offered. And I don't know where they came from or whatever. I'm just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to take them, whatever, might as well. And from there, I, she hooked up the, the import thing. I figured out how to do the import on our side. And I brought in my first shipment ever. It was just one box. And it was just the greatest thing. I loved it. And then for a while, I just did, like, friends on the import because we just wanted cool animals at that point. Yeah. And then I just slowly started to I'd advertise it publicly, loosely, like, hey, I could get this, I could get that, just to see what the feel would be. And nowadays, I only bring in, like, the really sensitive, uncommon, rare species. Uh, like all the other importers around or exporters in Europe, they do like crested geckos, ball pythons, yeah, boas, yeah. like common stuff. And for whatever reason, people just come to me for like the really sensitive species because that's actually what I specialize in at home. So I know the weird quirks that a lot of species have that most people don't. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And you do a great job. You know, you bring them in, you make sure they're set up, they're hydrated. Yeah. You're not just like, yeah, they're not going to be in a deli cup for a week like yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, which is really cool. But I can only imagine like 
how much work you do just to make sure these animals are eating or, you know, oh my God, because yeah, you're dealing insane. with such picky things. Yeah, like they sit with me for like a week, max two weeks. Um, so I make sure everyone's eating, everyone's healthy. Like, of course, you have you run into the odd issue. But um, if there's issues like medically, I'll just, I'll ask the person if they want me to just deal with it, have my vet come by, whatever. Yeah. So like, my relationship with my vet, I just, I have my own medications on hand that she allows me to get. And if I need help with something, she's always on call. Yeah. And she'll just walk me through something or whatever. But for the most part, she's allowed me to just, I don't know what the term is for that. Um, my dad, my dad said it, like a lot of farmers do it where the, you're basically like a self-administration. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, but you're allowed to do, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it, but basically I'm allowed to, she allows me to do all the medication stuff on my own. And, uh, so I, I treat all my customers, animals free of charge. Really? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I will not charge them because it's not their fault. Right. And I know it's not my fault either, but I feel loosely responsible, even though it's not my fault yes. for importing them in, but you yeah, know, yeah. they purchased it. I yes. just, you you're know, the middleman. Yeah. yeah, I feel I feel really bad. So if I can help, I will help. Because it's not an attitude a lot of importers have. Yeah. Because it's like I want, it's like a hot potato. Like yeah. you want to get rid of the animals. I've seen as soon some as terrible things, and just they don't care. A lot of people do not care. Yeah. Greg, <laughs> get more pizza. I yeah. am so sorry. No, so, eat, eat that so pizza, hungry. man. And so I do everything in my power that I can. And of course, you still get the odd bad apple customers, and they're like, "Oh, it's what's wrong? Blah blah blah. Why are you doing this? Why did it come in bad?" I'm like, "It's." nothing i did that's how they come, i've had yeah. it for a week yeah nothing develops that fast unless i throw it out a window or something you yeah. know? <laughs> which you don't normally do <laughs> no no not normally have the all. um have the repti bites come in handy with getting snakes eating like the weird ones um so i personally have not tried it on babies yet like that okay but a friend of mine has on a bunch of baby mangroves that he had for over a year he's been assist feeding them for over a year and first shot the eights really yeah wow. That is so cool. I didn't believe him at first. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't believe you. <laughs> he, the, he probably didn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because like baby mangroves are the fussiest things ever. Like I try live frogs. I try live lizards. And it's, they turn their nose at it. I'm just like, why did this work? Yeah. See, that's a that, weird coincidence, but it was three. That will be That's three the snakes. wrong pitch. You're supposed to be like, I know why it worked. I'm just not sharing that. No, yes. but if yeah. anything, the fact I didn't realize what actually worked means it works. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's true, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it to. It did. I mean, cool. That's my. That's what I wanted to do, right? Well, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I there's something with the sand. Who knows what's going on there? But that's really yeah. cool. And then, like, as far as um. The importation process, yeah. that's a ton of work for you. Like, I know yeah. you go to the airport, you get a big box, and then you're up, like, all night yeah. oh. sorting through animals. Oh, God, yeah. Thank God I get help now from Darren and a couple people. But, um, yeah, so I, I, it takes me about a uh, solid three days. If I didn't sleep, it's a three-day process of set up in the import room. So I clean out all, like, everything's all cleaned out from the previous. I re-sanitize everything. Right. Um, depending what's coming in, like I pre-label all the enclosures for what's going in where, and I set them up to the best of my ability. Like nothing too elaborate unless it's like some really cryptic lizard that needs to be in a heavily planted setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even in Knolls, I'll be, I always have a planted setup for those. And snakes and whatnot, like I'll just loosely pre-treat like for my preventatives, like have it air out for a week. Yeah. So it's all good. And yeah. It's sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. And then they, they're with me for yeah. a week. I unpack them, I have to repack them. 
and the repacking process is about a solid 24 hour job. Wow. Yeah. But, and, but they, do they all go out kind of together or yeah, all, all at once? So I repack the entire shipment if there's no pickups. Yeah. So and then it goes to somebody like across the border. Right? Yeah. So basically I use Sam for domestic yeah, and yeah. Uh, U.S. stuff. So he comes to my house and he just picks up all the boxes. So basically all the boxes I got on import, he takes every single one back. Okay. And it, so then he ships out all my domestics and he ships out all my U.S. So I have to write like the buyer's name on it, the species. And like one of 10, two of 10, three of 10. So they know who to sort and how many there oh are, God. right? And it's a process. I'm like, oh, I could do this in a few hours. No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. But this is why I make sure everyone gets fed, gets watered. And I pack up in their like, a deli cup. Let's say it's a, let's say a mountain horn dragon. I, what I do with those is I'm just paper towel. I'll put them in a container, this paper towel, and then I take like a clump of moss and I heavily squeeze it out so it's not wet, but it's damp for some humidity in the air. And then yeah. I'll like very lightly mist the lid. So there's just some droplets, but it's not droplets enough to fall on the, on the paper towel to get wet. So it's still dry, but it's humid in yes. those containers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that way it's like a mini, mini, mini enclosure that they could be okay in it for a couple days. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any uh, favorite species that you brought in this year? You brought in some crazy things. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> some things with like several zeros after. My eyes yeah. just stop after the third, like the third yeah. digit. So, yeah, this one after was. the third comma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this last important, some of the stuff here, it was probably one of the coolest stuff I brought in. So like, the Naltonus and New Zealand green geckos were one of the, the most unique things I've ever seen in my life. They're a lot easier to keep, too, than I expected because I'm babysitting several at home right now. Yeah. And the one here as well I've been keeping. Um, those are really fun. The shinglebacks, as always. Like, I've had those in a few times before, but they're always amazing to have in. They're little garbage cans for the most part. Some are very finicky, but they're they're puppies. Yeah. They yeah. just sit there and take the love abuse. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, but, those are cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. They're super, super yeah. nifty. But yeah, other than that, it's always my usual staples like mangrove snakes. And, yeah, yeah, lots and of boega. Asian species and whatnot. Yeah. So. It's a cool table. If you ever are at a Canadian Expo, actually there, go see her stuff because she's got, she's always got the best, the most diverse things. And uh, and the show's been pretty good for you this Yeah, this it's week. been pretty good. Yeah. The things I expected to sell did sell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, should we let you get back to your booth? Through the blue curtain wall, <laughs> or are you enjoying letting yeah. everyone else deal with it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right you can now. stay as long as you want. Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. No problem. That was great. Uh, we'll be over to your side soon. Yeah. Yeah. No thank you very much. Yeah. Look, yeah. really excited about the Repti bites. I can't yeah. wait to see that mm -hmm. blow up. Can you even take some? Home? I don't know. They might. They probably melt. Yeah. I give you some ice packs. Maybe I could try. Yeah. It'd be worth trying. They're, they're vacuum. I think I have a so. freezer at my hotel. Yeah. My bag will get my bag will get uh, searched. Yeah, because I got weird stuff in it. Like my uh, my suitcase has like a long black pole, and then like all these look oh, weird. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I noticed like when I opened my suitcase today, it was like uh, it was all rifled through, and there's a little card saying we searched your stuff. So yeah. they'll search it and find. Yeah, you might grab. Should Nick. I find Nick there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw his I saw his head. He wants to talk about moose. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, Nick is a he's a hunter. Is he gonna bring the blinking lizards? on his way with his blinking skink. <laughs> I don't think they're going to see on camera. Well, you never know. You never know. Here we are. Nick. 
What's up? I don't know. Don't I get a cool pair? No, no. I didn't think I would. We would even need these, but it's so loud in here. Yeah. We can't hear. Like, can, you can hear us barely. No, it's good now. Today's it's not so bad. Yesterday. There's, yesterday. Yeah. there's fewer people now than yeah. than than like uh, a couple minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really loud like half an hour ago. So if I do this again, I'll get another splitter so I can get headphones to everybody because yeah. I can hear everybody and you can hear everybody. Yeah. But yesterday, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. You sound great, man. Don't yeah. worry. All right. Yeah. yeah. That okay. sounds good. I don't have to modulate my voice. No. no, no in, okay. fact, in fact, I encourage you not to modulate your voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please don't okay. do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tell us your uh, Instagram page real quick, fast. People can go find you. Instagram page. What? Hey, tell us what it is. <laughs> <laughs> your Instagram. <laughs> tell us your Instagram page. The handle. Uh, the handle is um, uh, at ni reptiles. Uh, so that's for nir reptiles. It's uh, Nick's intriguing reptiles. So, yeah. Yeah. And you have uh, uh, you were on the podcast last around this time last year. Maybe just after yeah. the expo was when we yeah. first met, and you have. A real cool story of getting into kind of blowing up into the sort of the rack scene with tons of snakes and getting kind of overwhelmed and burnt yeah. out almost. And then coming back into the hobby years late. I don't know. How, how long was the gap? I forget. Not a huge gap. And I always had reptiles too. Like I yeah. never completely left. But uh, I'd say it was about uh, uh, three years break from breeding and, you know, having a, a bigger collection, if I can say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. And, uh, and now you have one of the coolest like lizard collections in canada probably I don't, I don't know probably Thank you. i I've, i still haven't seen it but from well, what he were... says from what he says he's got the coolest yeah uh, it's a lot of those pictures <laughs> i also find on google <laughs> you guys were speaking to brandon a few few uh few yeah. minutes ago he's got a pretty he's cool collection there. as well true. yeah yeah, he's yeah. Up there. i mean but yours is is very diverse and you have to bring in weird things yeah exactly i love the weird stuff so yeah is there anything you look for in particular when bringing in a new species um like That's other a really like tough question. Size or anything that you have to fit in, or yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of parameters, right? Yeah. Uh, the first one is, you know, I, I I never get stuff that doesn't fit well in my room. Like my room is pretty much like 25 degrees uh, all throughout summer, so I can't okay. get any of the, for example, Europlatus. I would have yes. a hard time with that. Anything that needs a little colder, cooler temperatures, I would have a hard time with that. Um, so yeah, that's the first thing I look for stuff that can fit well in my room and, um, uh, nothing big. Sorry, Greg, I'll okay. leave you uh, with yep, the, I'm uh, okay with having monitor big. lizards. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and after that, I think, uh, follow my heart. It's a uh, very, um, very, uh, it sounds very, uh, uh, very romantic when it yeah. comes to lizard <laughs> shopping. Yeah. Just French I like, blood. I, I look for. You know, colors, morphology, yeah, cool, uh, cool um, uh, uh, behavior is a big thing. Like, mm -hmm. I have a big thing for live bears and and lizards that have kind of a uh, a social aspect to them. Like, a lot of skinks have that. Yes, they do. That's yeah. fascinating for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you don't watch. have you don't have monkey tails, though, do you? I don't. That's insane. I have a, such a crazy hard time social, with, uh, with I have a hard time with herbivorous species. Yeah, really. Yeah. No, it's it. Yeah. Well, if you don't keep many of them, like it, it's it's too different. It starts to become multiple things, right? Like yeah, for me and, that that's I have some, and it's definitely a contrast. Yeah, yeah. And you go yeah. to grocery stores, yeah, to shop for herbivorous food, and and I, I mean, 
sorry, but Caesar salad, iceberg salad doesn't cut it. No, you no. have to find dandelions, collards, exactly, and stuff that's good for them. And none of that stuff is easy to find for me in where I live. So, yeah, yeah. I got contacts. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what did you bring to the show this weekend? That you're trying to sell. Uh, I had some uh, baby galley wasps that uh, were born at my place. If uh, people follow my Instagram page, they saw a couple videos, a couple um, videos and pictures of that. Those are pretty uh, close to my heart. They're on my logo. Yeah, I love the, that species. They're I brought weird. some. Oh yeah, they're they're something else. I brought. They're like a cross between a, a skink and a snake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I brought uh, some baby blue beauty and owls. Mm. So um, those are neat as well. And I also brought some weird geckos and stuff. Yeah, some Australian leaf tail. Or, yeah, 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 Aussie leaf tails and uh, yeah. And then what are you going home with here? Yeah, this is my uh, so uh, my friend uh, Patrick Laplante in Quebec. Uh, if you follow his page, is riveting reptiles. Uh, he wants to focus on snakes more. So he uh, offered me this cool pair of uh, Almahera ground skinks. That's cool. The, the, they, they're known as the blinking skink, I think. <laughs> I've I have recently dubbed, redubbed their common name to blinking skinks, <laughs> and I will definitely try to video that aspect of them and put that on my feed because it is, well, these guys know, but it is fascinating. It it's is just fascinating. A, imagine a skink's eye and then imagine it closing and then opening again. Yes, <laughs> but. It's not that simple, Dylan. <laughs> it's not that simple. They literally blink like a person. Like we blink to keep our eyes humid. And, you know, lizards in general, yeah, some of them blink, but slowly or, you know, in, not a, the same, not in a reptile the same. fashion, yeah. in a reptile manner. This is These guys blinking. literally like, they literally like go like blink <laughs> every few seconds. It, it's crazy. We've had, we've had hours yeah, of yeah. this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm fascinated. Are you? Do you think you can hold yeah. that closer to the camera? Yeah, I can hold that. Let's I see if I can get it complete. See. You probably won't be able to see a blink, but I can't see the camera. Oh yeah, you're getting close. Yeah. They are an absolute gorgeous species. <laughs> gorgeous just, species. I tried to scare a blink out of it. I don't yeah. Think I did. <laughs> Yeah, they have a very oh, they're just blinked. Oh just man, blinked. they have a very um like inquisitive-looking <laughs> face. Like, yeah, they're very curious. Yeah, yeah I that's love cool. the black so stripes on the chin. Yeah, I have right. a male and female. So you'll be breeding those. They are very, very rarely bred. Uh, I've done a lot of research, and I found one uh, one recent uh, person that had eggs and hatched them, um, but uh, they are very rarely bred. Yeah, very so, rare. So we believe in you. We'll be watching your feed. To, yeah, to I feel that. the pressure. Yeah, that's yeah. Be you should. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. cool. Um, the blue beauties are amazing. And yeah, they are. Are those some of your favorites in the room? I'm, that's not. I know we, everybody hates that question, but I know that you do like them. But the, they have this uh, character about them. And what's funny about the blue beauties is that earlier in the spring, I thought about selling them. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, because they were uh, very skittish. Oh, that's right. I remember you yeah, saying the adults they were, were quite super flighty. skittish, yeah. and uh, and I wasn't seeing them a whole lot. I already talked about it at the last expo. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I gave it more time, and uh, I maybe they heard my thoughts about them moving out of my fantastic reptile room because <laughs> the moment I talked about selling them, they started being less skittish and more visible. So uh, and now they're a little more interactive. Yeah, um, I got my pair. They were pretty big already. 
and I have a feeling like they didn't have much interaction growing up. Yeah, so, so it's a new environment. I don't think they were trained to. Uh, they were trained like you know to hand feed and or tongue feed and stuff like that. Yeah. But the babies they're producing, like they're only a few weeks old, and I'm already offering them crickets and and prey on from tongs, and they're all they're taking it. So oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so I think you know with some work, this species can be definitely uh, less less skittish. Yeah, well, oh, that's sure. awesome. Yeah, they're a they're beautiful, but b they get way bigger than I thought. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought they were. I knew they were big, but I was I thought like a Cuban night and all, like something like that. Oh or, yeah. I received them, and the male was, let's say, without the tail, probably like eight inches, okay. six, six inches. Yeah, it's already a good-sized lizard. Uh, and I was like, okay, so I'm, these are pretty much already adults. And no, like the male <laughs> almost doubled that size, not in length, <laughs> wow. but also in in like in he the head is like so bones, big. Bone structure. Oh, so yeah. bone structure. They're heavy. They're a heavy lizard. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're impressive. Cool. They are impressive. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. imagine having it super interactive where they're not afraid of you and you can tongue feed them. Like, that's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, to answer your question, I don't think they're the favorites in my room. Okay. That's <laughs> a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible because yeah. I did not remember that question. Yeah, me either. I forgot. Yeah, that's good. Good, good job. Hold um, me on. Yeah, I have a thing for dragons. I love my dragons, mm. uh, the Boyds. I was going to say the I, Boyds. I boy. do a lot of work lately with the Natalies. My female Natalie does look like she's working on Ooh. eggs. Oh, cool. I am crossing my fingers. She's definitely, uh, you know, belly heavy a little bit, and it's not food. Yeah. Because uh, I keep my uh, animals lean and mean, uh, but that would be awesome. Yeah, that would yeah, be cool. That would be very cool. Yeah. What um, I have two questions. Just deciding which one to ask first. It, I think was it yesterday you were telling us a story about uh, an animal that you got in that was you thought was male, and then it. <laughs> what was that? I forget now. Okay, so those are diving lizards. But oh, those are the diving lizards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. a small iguana species from uh, South America. They are amazing. Best personality ever. I mean, they they could win a prize for best personality uh, as far as lizards go. And the cool thing about that lizard is that they are sexually dimorphic uh, in color mm. and other or other morphological characteristics as well, like size and stuff like that, but color. And when they are born, uh, one of them is almost completely black, black eyes. Like, like one of the and, sexes. Yeah. And the other one is more like light brown with some patterns oh, wow, and, you so know, golden, eye, golden, yeah. golden eyes. And so they're... They, Basically, almost look like two different species wow. uh, when they're born. And um, the breeder, they're not a very well-known species, and they're not bred super often in captivity. Uh, and the breeder uh, thought that the black ones were uh, males mm -hmm. and that the light ones were females. And so that's what he told me. And that's what I went by for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this year... The so black Henry, one. So Henry's Henriette now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The black one is getting heavy and started getting, in my mind, bloated. So I was talking with Ashley, like, what do I do? And we were thinking, like, maybe a gut infection or whatever. I've never seen that. It's getting really bloated. But but now I know why. Uh, the male laid eight eggs. <laughs> That's so, the crazy thing about that species. It's twin twenty-three, man. It's twin twenty-three. Yeah, anything can happen. If a male wants to lay eggs, it laid eggs. <laughs> who am I to say no? That's right. So, so, so now I figured out that the the the, the females are black. 
okay. and the males are light colored. And uh, have yeah. those eggs hatched or they're still incubating? They're still incubating. Okay. And uh, I candled them. Uh, I did a little post, uh, I think, last week. I candled them and I can see some embryos moving in there. So Ooh, cool. they've been... They've been incubating at room temperature for 70 days uh, and they go and the breeder told me the breeder in EU told me that they go for like 85 days at room temperature. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really crossing my fingers for babies in the next uh, two weeks, maybe. Yeah, that's awesome. That would be amazing. I can't wait to share the species with the hobby because, boy, they're they're something else. They're a great size, too. Yeah, they're perfect. Yeah, they're perfect. Uh, As far as size goes. I would compare them to uh, like Fiji or even smaller. No, smaller, than Fiji. smaller than Fiji yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's actually hard to find a comparison. Uh, size-wise, maybe a Chahua ge- gecko. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, so the yeah. size of the body and uh, yeah. and you know, obviously different morph- morphology, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And they are diving lizards, so they are aquatic. Like they, do you set them up aquatically with it? With they uh... are considered semi-aquatic. Okay. Yeah. So they live in uh, floodplains in uh, in South America. Okay. Um, they have no problems being fully terrestrial, and they are often found right in the jungle. But they're called diving lizards because obviously they hang out on trees and on tree limbs and branches and stuff, and uh, they'll dive in the water to uh, escape predators. Right. And, uh, do you ever set them up that way with a large water? Yeah. Pot? Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At my place, they're in a four by four by two enclosure, which is really big for them. And uh, some dog commotion yeah, back this there. Is, uh, one of the the sad parts about having dogs here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're in a four by four by two enclosure, and uh, they it's fun because uh, they're a, a really cool display species as well. Like they're always. Uh, right in the center of the terrarium, like oh, hanging on branches, so and cool. and then for water, what do you have? Like a large thing? I or? just have a, a large tub yeah, that's yeah. buried in the substrate, and trying to make it look a bit more natural. But it, at the same time, you know, I want to keep it uh, easy to uh, to uh, to clean. I think last time we talked, I, I had this huge idea about oh, yeah, like building, right. uh, like because they're also like close to streams sometimes, so. I really wanted to use the size of the enclosure right. to build like a stream, and you know, I had yeah. an idea in mind, but I, I think it's it's not something I've brushed off, but it's it's a big project. And water features are yeah. we were talking about that yesterday too. Like water yeah. features are tough. They are. So, they are. Yeah. We'll talk about that one. I'm For a, sure, I'm a because I am guy. no yeah, you're water. I'm a water no, feature guy. I, yeah. I, I am no expert, but I would love to provide them with more water. I'm no, sure they would be, enjoy it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Yeah. The water features are always, uh, it can be hard. And yeah. I have one kind of one like with a pump. And I think everyone overthinks them. Uh, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Because if you don't you, come at it from a fish perspective, you just don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of people overthink it in the sense of like, oh, I wanted to do this and that and this. And it's like maybe simplifying some aspects of it. Yeah. Uh, makes it so water doesn't run into the terrestrial area. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. like, oh. 90% of the time ends up being the biggest problem. Yeah, it's like everything's know? flooded. They're flooding everything out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyways, we'll see. And uh, shout out to uh, Arman from uh, Herb Time. Herb Time, yeah. He has uh, diving lizard eggs as well Okay. right oh, now. Cool. So, um, so we talked a, a little bit. Yeah, we exchanged a few messages. <laughs> and I hope he has success as well with his. And maybe we can do some trades to, you know, diversify some bloodlines yeah. and stuff. And wow. So that's really cool. That's so, cool. So a good future for those lizards in the hobby, I think. Yeah. 
that's yeah, so cool. And, yeah. and 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 people like you, like actually stepping up and trying to trying to get something new out there that you know, new, quote unquote. You know, a few million years of evolution yeah. excluded. <laughs> a new species you know? dropped. But uh, <laughs> but you know, letting people see new things that are that are great sizes. That was the greatest thing about it. Getting the, like seeing the Fiji start to pop up. Hopefully, like the price will kind of level out and make us yeah, so the average sure. Joe Schmo can maybe think about something but but getting getting things that are a good size out there is so cool yeah getting yeah. things that are good size easy to care for n none of what i keep is well that's not true most of what i what i keep is is not species that i would consider tough right like hard yeah, 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 yeah. hard to keep like the but one exception hard to get. Yeah, hard, hard to get. To get hard to keep, yeah. yeah, but that's you yeah. know that's what I'm trying yeah. to, to change. You're Boyd's man. Like you're the you're the Boyd's guy. I don't um, know. Any, I don't know other people around that are. That's the one project that I really have at heart. Uh, they are slow growers. Yeah. Um, I'm finding out. I have kind of already knew that, but uh, yeah. So that project is uh, still a ways away from yeah. from uh, you know giving some results. Uh, some hopeful results, but um, I'm working hard on yeah. that. What's the? That's I just see someone awesome. asking the Latin name of the species. I think that's for diving lizards. Uranoscodon superciliosus. That's the French version. That's yeah. If you take the French accent off, it sounds okay, a little well, different. Okay, well, say it with an English accent. <laughs> yeah, Uranoscodon superciliosus. Hey, that was pretty. Good. That was pretty good. I'll give you that. Yeah, super better than I would have said yeah. it. So it's yeah. a long name. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. yeah, they're not super common. Yeah, but like you said, like so, you have people that because Nick, you're not focused on trying to make a ton of money, and I and I, I always want to make a point that I'm not worried about. I don't have an issue with people making money. I mean, we've had people on the podcast today who that's their full time business. That's totally yeah. fine. But you're able to be more flexible. Yeah, because me, it's, it's not an income. Yeah, it's not an income. Zero. So you, you can mess around with things like we joked about last year how you made, you bred those really cool. Uh, I think it was the granite leaf tails, and nobody wanted them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but they're, they're so yeah. cool, and this is like the first person to do it, and everyone's like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and he he laughed about it. It wasn't like oh yeah, it wasn't like oh my god, like I'm so. It's to a sell laughing these. matter. There's yeah. no ways around it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if people are googling uh, the diving lizards, uh, I use diving lizards as a common name because that's what I like. Being an uncommon species, there are more than there's more than one common name. You know, right. we often yeah. see that. The yeah. other common name is, and I hate it. It's mophead iguana. <laughs> oh, mopped. Like I have mophead. I, oh, I have mophead. No <laughs> idea where that where that comes from. It's such an ugly name, mophead yeah. iguana. And yeah. literally, like M O P dash ed iguana. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, let's go with the diving, diving lizard. Yeah, lizard, diving lizard people. Yeah, diving lizard. lizard. That sounds a lot cooler. I'm okay pushing that. Yeah. 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 And so know. because of what you breed and keep, it's obscure. You're not going to have a market for it right away because people might not even have heard of it. Do you struggle selling things? Like, do you actually real like focus on trying to move animals to keepers, or are you just like if people find you because they want that obscure species, you sell them? Um, I produce so few animals. Okay. And I think that's. That's what I got to keep in mind always. Like, I do not have a facility where I can house hundreds of lizards. Right. Yeah. Um, so I have to be really careful with um, uh, how many lizards I produce. Um, so, for example, the blue beauties, uh, you know, they, they lay quite a lot of eggs. They, like, when the female starts laying uh, early summer, she lays one egg a week. Oh, wow. So they can lay, wow. like... You know, ten to twelve eggs in a season. Wow! I've what heard, do I've I do boys. with twelve yeah. blue beauty babies? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I have them in a really elaborate uh, planted terrarium, 
and I dug up a few eggs and I incubated a few eggs, but I did not put in like huge effort to find the other to ones. find mm. them or you know I didn't yeah. want to mass produce those guys just because. Yeah, and, you know, and well, and it's too bad. Like you don't know, you don't have a friend or anything that lives somewhat close that keeps monitors or anything that would really eat those eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, wish I knew a monitor yeah, guy that yeah. wanted no, to buy Blue Beauty and Olds. <laughs> <laughs> there's no one I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, 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 I've heard that about Boyd's too. I've heard Boyd's like, um, who is it? Um, Coops. Coops. Yeah, small touches. Yeah, well, well, he he ends up. Like Cooper. He, uh, uh, Coops Reptiles. Coops Reptiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, That's he puts, cool he puts a yeah, limit. He guy. puts a limit on how many he feeds his extra eggs off. Damn right. He, and, he's oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. okay, only there's only there's an interest in this many. Yeah, I will keep that many, yeah. plus a couple buffers, and then that's it. So he's not like oversaturating. And I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the idea is not to control price or whatever, but it's to meet demand. Like exactly, yeah, yeah. nobody yeah. messaged me about blue beauties, and they're on the table right now, and it's day two, and it's look, it looks like I'm bringing them home tonight, yeah. unless. Some monitor guy steps up. <laughs> He's not listening. I don't know why we're doing no, this, yeah, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you can take this so, you know, that's a funny thing, though. About this gets into like a philosophical topic, but like when you have egg layers, it doesn't feel wrong to just not incubate them. Yeah, but if you have live bears, you get the babies. Well, they're already pre-incubated. That's they're pre-incubated. They come out moving. They're ready to go. Yeah. The nice thing you about still flood a market with it, like like oh, a, yeah, a litter of bolus, or like forty babies. Like, should you have forty babies? You can't control it. Well, that, yeah. like yeah, like a lot. Most live bears don't push out tons, exactly. right? No, no. Like exactly. Some snakes have huge litters. Yeah. All the live bearing lizards I work with, have somewhat small litters. Like one the exception yeah, exception like to that would be like zebra skinks. They have like you know they can have like eight, twelve babies. Yeah. Wow. Um, really? Yeah. I guess it just comes to how much, how many pairings you have. Jeez, they must be tiny. Man. Yeah. They, like they, jelly beans. They, I, it's always surprising the size, uh, you know, of babies with live bears. Yeah. Like with the galley wasp, the female is not that big. And she threw, she gave me three huge babies. <laughs> I was astounded by their size. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So, um, no, with live bears, the nice thing is that usually it's small litters, but, yeah. uh, yeah, you're right. It's something you have to juggle with as a breeder. It's you, a decision you make, and you have to live with it. And, yeah. Um, we'll just breed less live bears if they have. This year, litters, I decided right? not to uh, uh, breed the uh, granite leaf tail geckos. Yeah. Just because last year I produced a few, and they were not necessarily easy to move, and so yeah. this year I gave them a year off. They're going to be better off. The adults are probably going to be more healthy, and uh, I don't care. Yeah. I enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the point, right? Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Sometimes we all get caught up in. Uh, um, when the next year he's like, oh, I got this species. Well, are you going to pair it up? Yeah. It's yeah. like, eventually I will probably. Yeah. How about just right now? I just you know? enjoy it. Like yeah. Even when I got my Aki, I was like adamant. I was not going to, I was like, nope. Breeding them is I not enjoy. a direction I'm going to go. Now I'm like, you know what? I will, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep it to a lower. I like breeding because it brings things, it brings things full circle for me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and them, know, they're naturally, they breed. Yeah. So I think your animals kind of go through their phase. And so not producing a lot of animals is is uh, the fun thing with having, you know, good friends and stuff is that instead of having the pressure of putting forward a full table at expos like this, yes, 
you can just bring a couple animals yeah in. we just uh a couple yeah. of friends we band up together and uh you know we have a nice interesting full table but it's diverse like, uh, and... a couple of breeders yeah yeah by the cool. way greg i just sold your lineatas Oh man, you've been waiting all weekend for that. What do you want? A high five or a fucking handshake? <laughs> I was gonna I give do you a the handshake. There, oh, there you go. He has the sweatiest hands you ever did feel. Oh, fucking sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was gonna say about oh, that. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> uh, you don't have to go home with those. Thank God for that. No, there was something else I was gonna say about that. What were we? Ju- we were just saying. Um, I forget. What were, what were you just ending with? You forget? Ah, uh, I was. I was saying that we were. Uh, you know, a couple friends banding together to, you know, offer a nice variety of animals, yeah. you know, and, and not, having, not, the pressure, sorry, not having the pressure on the, uh, to be breeding heavy oh, to fill a table. I remember now too. And like, what's great about, because you have that attitude as well, like all your animals are in amazing setups. Like they have this real full enriched environment. You're replicating. This, that's you know, the goal. Yeah. yeah and goal. you can tell their love. The ones that come in here, man, like, Oh yeah, like you can tell they're cared for animals. Exactly. Yeah, they're healthy looking, yeah. clear eyes. There's no weird discharge or whatever. And the thing is, is like you're gonna give your granites a year off. They're not gonna sit in their breeding tub for 12 months waiting to breed, and they're in their beautiful environment. And yeah. that's just cool. Yeah. No, I try to. I try to do that for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. always a challenge, like uh, well, you yeah. know, bringing new stuff home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, these guys enjoy their new. Uh, Four foot enclosure. The blinking skink. The blinking, the blinking skink. skink. Yeah. The Indonesian blinking skink. That's gonna be sick. I can't wait till that catches on. I know that is the best name. The I blinking like morph as the ones that blink more. Yeah. You yeah, those. yeah. <laughs> when I offered that on Morph Market, it'll be like the new thing. Yeah, they'll be like, oh my god, be the so skink. popular. Yeah, yeah. People will buy them up and then they'll be like, oh, these are just you know? just regular skinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually crazy. It's, this species, uh, from what I can tell, lays very, very small clutch. Like they have a very small clutch size. Like I think it's like one or two eggs. Oh wow! Oh really? And um, very uh, apparently, one of the problem people have is finding the eggs. Like the females do not show. They're pretty big skinks and they're pretty heavy body, yeah. and uh, they don't show very well when they're carrying eggs. Oh, so you might not even. Be so you don't attention. necessarily know when to search for eggs, and apparently they hide them well. And you know, note there are almost, you know, not a lot of species, you know, can hatch directly in the terrarium. No, so. they're going to need some heat for sure. You can so put I'm going to have to figure that out. To keep the uh, the soil a certain temperature. Yeah, I never use heat pads. I I, I, zero I, I don't either. Too, I don't yeah. either. But zero. if you're dealing with a species that is going to hide its eggs, but they need a certain incubation level, you might be able to cheat it by. Yeah. By heating the soil, just warming the soil up, so it's not. I think the time, way know. I would do that is probably had a lot of structure to the enclosure, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, a uh, few heat lamps, yeah. different wattage, and lots of rocks yeah. inside the substrate and on the substrate, uh, and that way I do that with the galliwasps. Yeah. That way you create multiple layers of heat, right. and uh, the rocks uh, transfer heat. The, the rocks yeah, that are on top yeah, transfer yeah. the rocks that are on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And the rocks actually keep the heat throughout the night and stuff like that. So yeah, it doesn't drop. I, the that's heat, the yeah. way I, yeah. I do it. Yeah, it's a good idea. Fine, yeah. you win, man. It wasn't a it wasn't yeah. a competition. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, Nick wins again. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Nick, this is awesome. You're up yeah. to always cool things. Again, can you remind everybody the Instagram handle? Yeah, it's N I Reptiles. N I Reptiles. Nick's intriguing reptiles. You can yeah. see all his posts there and on Facebook too. Yeah. And uh, you're always up to some cool stuff. I can't uh, wait to see the continued projects and see what this uh, ends up as. And as always. And, you know, 
Go subscribe to the page. You might see a skink blink. There you go. Yeah, I can't wait I'm to sure. post that video. By like tonight at midnight, <laughs> yeah. there'll be a blink. A skink blink. That's going to be sick. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'll let you All get right. back to your booth. We're going to yeah. come over there Thanks right away. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. See you guys. See you, Nick. Bye-bye. Do you want to try to send Darren over to see if he wants to come? Oh, I oh. will try to. I'll, I'll go fetch Darren. Yeah, yeah, I'll go, go fetch, fetch Darren. Darren. Yeah, Nick is awesome. He is, uh, he is one of those gems in the hobby that just does it for the love of the animal. And if you go back to the original episode I did with him, he talks about getting caught up into the I gotta have this, gotta have that, gotta have this, and ends up with a giant snake collection that he 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 loved, but also it burnt him out because it just becomes that work of changing water dishes and changing paper and whatnot. And anyway, he's rediscovered in his hobby in a in an amazing way. We got him. Oh we my gosh, Darren. Oh, did I say darling right into the mic? Yeah, oh, you did. Everybody picked that up. He's mine, man. You don't get these. <laughs> you don't get any. Don't you don't get it. <laughs> you can hear us. Just like I'm too old to hear things, man. So I gotta, I gotta yeah. put this on. Bring that close. How we doing? Yeah, I'll well, turn it up just a little bit. Say a couple things. Let's see. A couple of things. Yeah, you sound oh, good. Wow. You sound good. Yeah, I know. Next time I know, I'm gonna bring another set for the. I didn't think we'd even need them, but it's very loud in here. Oh, good. Anyway, how's the day going? Day's going good. It's been busy. Lots of good turnout today. Lots of uh, younger people. Lots of like. Good questions, questions that we don't necessarily think about on a daily basis. The young, younger crowd is always better for things that we don't necessarily hear yes. or even consider when we're talking about our reptiles on a daily basis. I like it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. As Greg called you this morning uh, in our in the car when we were alone, he called you a god. Whoa. Whoa. I think that was the words he used. <laughs> yeah, that's a little uncomfortable, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just mostly due to the experience that you have incredible experience and just the length of time you've been involved in reptiles so we we will do a proper episode at some point where we can really flesh out the story but maybe just to give us the cole's notes of when you got into keeping and and what you're up to so like a lot of other people i got into it when i was just a kid um i grew up in uh, northern ontario at least spending my summers in northern ontario and um spent a lot of time in the lake and fishing and hunting frogs and turtles and stuff like that and my mom was actually the one that got me into animals. We'd actually go herping together. Oh, that's cool. Turtles stuff together. We'd even go for canoe trips and grabbing turtles as we were just canoeing through the canals. And that's kind of how it all began when I was a kid, is just collecting animals and learning about nature and stuff like that and you know, wanting to bring stuff home, but necessarily couldn't because it wasn't appropriate. And uh, just hanging out with uh, other reptile-oriented kids like me and learning about what we could what we could bring home, what was acceptable to bring home. Again, this is my mom's influence on me. You know, animals belong in the wild that you find in the wild, but you can learn from them, you can collect you collect them, learn from them, and then let them go, and then take that experience home with you and do some research and maybe find out what's available in the pet store and the hobby, and, mm. and learn from that and, and bring animal home and start from there. So I started with things like leopard geckos and, and fat tail geckos, and it just kind of as we all know. Yeah, it goes from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at what point did you decide to dive into breeding? Because you've been breeding for a long time. You have a, quite an array of I have. Animals. So I was, uh, it probably sounds a little corny, but I was like 17. And I, I had yeah some boa constrictors. Let's see, I had um, my hog island boas and my Nicaraguan boas. And actually had bull pythons even back in the day. Um, like my bull pythons, and it happened to happen for many years. And I, you know, I, I wanted to have more animals, but mom and dad only gave me so much for a collection, or sorry, so much for my um, my chore money. Yes, you know, allowance. Bucks yeah. a week or whatever it was. 
So I couldn't afford those animals. I couldn't afford more pets. I couldn't afford to feed more. And my parents being good, my mom especially, driving me, said, well, you know, if you want more responsibility, son, if you want to have more animals and if you want to have the time and, and uh, the, the, the things to take care of them properly, you need to pay for these things. And yeah. we're not going to pay for all this for you. You need to do it yourself. So I thought to myself, what can I do to afford to uh, like buy bigger cages and, and have these nice reptiles? So I started breeding animals for the sake of being able to sell stuff or at least give them to the pet store in exchange for roads and, and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. it was never about being a breeder back then. It is now even, arguably. It was about paying for and affording what I had and to treat them and maintain them appropriately as a kid. Yeah. And it just, everything kind of... All that made me who I am today. I'm really not that different today. I might have different tastes these days and a little bit more expensive taste too. <laughs> but uh, it kind of all grew from there, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds like a great mom, by the way. Mom, My mom was fantastic. My dad was too, but uh, my mom was the animal person growing up. She really influenced me. And she actually steered me. She taught me the right from wrong. Like, we all wanted to... Um, you know, grab a turtle from the wild and bring it home, put yes. it in the terrarium, and yeah. keep it as a pet. And, and I wanted to too. Don't get me wrong, and I tried. Yeah. <laughs> um, but mom, you know, she let me keep it at the cottage overnight or for the weekend, but then let it go. And we always went back to where we got it from. And I never understood that either. Why do we always have to paddle back out to where we got it from? But she instilled all that into me yeah. then, and she made me who I am now. Uh, and very much my mentality is, in a lot of ways, similar. Different, of course, but I've learned a lot from that. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's amazing. They even going to bring the science side of that, talking about re-releasing animals. They know that even relocating animals is essentially a death sentence. Huge. Because Huge. it's just like you're yeah. dropping them into a foreign environment. So even intuitively, she would sense that. Right. And she didn't know that either exactly, then, right? Yeah. But just, again, it sounds corny, but as an animal person, you kind of think about these things, maybe not directly, but indirectly you have these considerations and it helps you make better decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So then over time, uh, was there a specific focus? Like you say, you had, you know, boas and, and ball pythons, and now you have, I don't even know if you can define what you work with. I, I consider myself a generalist now. Okay, um, okay. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's no one reason. I started with turtles. Uh, turtles was my thing for many Interesting. years. Interesting. I would never have known that. Yeah. Uh, turtles, aquatic turtles was, was my thing for many years, up to my uh, mid, mid late teens. And then uh, by the time I was like 17, 18, is when the reptile hobby was really beginning to take off. And back then, I think everyone was, back in my time, I, I hate to sound like the old guy because I'm not, um, <laughs> but it was like, is it boas? Are boas popular? Are pythons popular? Are berms really popular then too? Everyone was getting into the larger, the boids, yeah. right? The larger bodied snakes. So I, I love turtles, but boas were the, the up and coming thing in the reptile hobby. And the reptile hobby was just taken off and growing. So, um, uh, boas are just, I think, I don't know what it was drew, drew me to them. Honestly, it just, it was the, the Hog Islands and Nicaraguans. They just had that, that, that click that, yeah. that just made me click. Uh, the, it wasn't even the fact that they were boas. It was the look. It was the care requirements. I knew that I could care for them. Uh, I knew that they were attractive to me. And I knew they were attractive to me for the reasons that I liked them, rather than because they were popular or because popularity back then was different as well. Um, a lot of people wanted a berm because it was big. Yeah, because yeah, it, classic. Because they ate rabbits or yeah. because it had a certain cool factor. I like bows just because of the way they look and the way they were. And that's that's the direction I started in. Yeah. 
and you still keep you still work with a lot of those species. I still have Nicaraguans and uh, Amazon tree boas and uh, my hog island boas since since then. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's weird thinking about those old times, like even in like the early two thousands. Old, yeah, old times. <laughs> even, no, even for me too. Like, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like even for me, like getting into the the community or just the hobby in general early days of the internet where you start seeing these images and I, I you can almost kind of remember what it would be like to think like i wonder what it would be like to own that animal that you see on the screen but you think you would never kind of like what we we're talking about with the black or the uh, the black tree monitor yeah. like everything seemed like you could never have that you know the, oh things are way different now oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean now it's like you can walk around here and just see whatever you want yeah i mean there's a lot of it it's good though I yeah mean, oh different yeah, yeah isn't bad different is almost entirely good actually yeah um just because everything was available then doesn't make it better um, yeah 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 there's a lot of nuance in the conversation there's many conversations as well oh but, yes um yeah. it, was, it was a great experience i was fortunate to have uh either kept with like work within the pet stores with other uh, working pet stores with other animals or even kept myself i was at a lot of uh, availability to a lot of things that are a lot harder to find these days yeah i consider myself really fortunate for that so how how many animals do you have at your house? Like how big of a job is your reptile operation? It's uh so now someone smiles and laughs. So <laughs> I, to me it's a lifestyle. Um and I and I mean that legitimately. I'm not saying it because it's popular because it's a keyword or a buzzword, a, yeah. Right? It has been my life since I was a kid. I, I I'm not exaggerating when I said I was 16, 17. Yeah. As I was bringing sliders. I know it's a slider, but I was bringing sliders in my backyard as a kid uh, yeah. when I was 16. Um, it's always been a part of my life. So I don't look at animals and, and my animals that I have as a job. Yes, sometimes we have to treat things that way. Like I'm a commercial, I'm a business as well. I'm a registered business because it's the appropriate thing to do. Mm. Um, but I, the amount of time and effort that I put into my animals is because that's who I am. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm one of those people. I'm not a planner. Uh, it's my personality type. I'm super organized. In fact, that organization and having um, having certain things to do each day is what keeps me engaged. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not that I um, need something to do. It's I like drive. I yes. like to have structure. It gives me motivation and it keeps my brain healthy and yes. engaged. Yeah, yeah. I'm someone that needs to dispense my energy. Whether it's brain power or physical power, I need to dispense that. So having a collection, as I do, it gives me that opportunity to do that. So I usually maintain things over the span of the week. I try to maintain animals during the week and have my weekends to myself. That doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, and that, honestly, it, it, because it's a lifestyle, I don't look at it like a lot of work. But if you're married with kids, obviously that changes. The size of your collection, potentially, that changes. Even the complexity of animals. Or, or the requirements of those even animals that changes too. So. Yeah, yeah, and no, I could totally relate to the organization factor. Like, either going into chaos and it's like stuff. It's tough to actually get the motivation to do stuff. But if you have like a rigid thing, like this is what we're doing today, it's like, boom, that like fire turns on. You're like, I'm doing For all sure. this stuff. Yeah. So, on that note, uh, us reptile people, we tend to love the hunt. Yeah. Of, of learning, and what else, I don't mean hunting reptiles. I mean the hunt of learning <laughs> information. Yeah. Like, that, that that knowledge. Um, sometimes it is fun to finding animals that are available. We love that too. We, we love we love all of that. 
Yes. One of the benefits I have is my day job. <laughs> I'm an IT person. Um, uh, I'm an enterprise IT person, and I'm super technical by nature. And that is actually part of my hunt, if you will, as well. So keeping myself organized, I've been able to build my own applications. I build applications to help me maintain my collection. Right. I've built applications. I even have my own uh, database information that helps me manage and maintain my collections. And they help me do things like cleaning schedules, feeding schedules, even varied diet schedules. I have all of that built in my own applications to support myself. And that feeds my brain as well. Oh, yeah. It not only keeps my brain uh, engaged with reptiles, but also feeds the, the IT side as well. So it works both ways. Yeah. So is that something you have on a laptop and you just able to pop, pop up a so program? So I, I have an app that works uh, like on the web okay. uh, or yeah. your, la your laptop, your phone or whatever. I also use uh, I, uh, Power, Power BI in some of my maintenance. So I use Power BI for maintenance and tracking information. Yeah. Power yeah. BI is just a, like a, it's a Microsoft product used for... Uh, analytics yeah and then i use an excel database on the web to actually maintain most of my collection and then i just use like uh pivots and slicers to actually feeding for feeding schedules any of those technical people out there know what i'm saying yeah uh, you can actually use excel to help uh, oh, yeah, like yeah. choose feeding schedules days of the week prey items stuff like that I, I love it all yeah 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 i always hear people like oh some people say you shouldn't schedule feeding because then it becomes too regular. But I, you can actually schedule irregular feedings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I actually have. Yeah. It, it, yes. doesn't, it doesn't have to be irregular. You can do whatever you want. I, and it's good to have that. That's right. I actually have scheduled variation. Feeding variation oh, cool. might be included in that too yeah. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, scheduled maintenance and feedings isn't bad. No. Variation is good. Yeah, yeah. Right? But what's more important is when you have a larger collection is making sure that you stay on top of it and right. maintaining it yeah. appropriately too. So. so how many animals do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he evaded that yeah. question really well. Yeah. I was really proud of you, man. Yeah. <laughs> A few. A few, yeah. The number of animals doesn't matter. What matters is that you are, you're appropriately available to take care of maintain yeah, those animals. Course, yeah. You have what's required to put into he's those good. animals. He's <laughs> good. Yes, no, no. But, it is but he's true. totally right. No, like, and that's, that's what matters. Yeah. So, and, that's the and I will throw up my hand and say, I, I don't have children. I'm not married. My my time and effort goes into my kids, which are my dogs. My kids are my dogs. You heard me say this all weekend. Yeah. And and my reptiles. That's why I put all my effort. And yeah. that's a luxury, I might add. Some of us yeah. are married with kids. You yeah. both are. Yeah. And you have your own responsibilities. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. I, I respect that hugely. I have I have a benefit. It's, it's, a, it's a luxury that I have to yes. put that much effort into. Yeah. And, and that's such a good point, too. It's like, yeah, you're able to maintain all that because of that's your lifestyle. And like you said, it's part of your it's part of your life. And that's right. Some people let their collections get to a point where you can't integrate all these other things. And then you're kind of screwed because you're just you right. it becomes expensive. And, you know, you, ha you have uh, income. Well, and you got to bend on something. Exactly. Yeah. And it can't be your kids and family. Typically, you know? typically, no. Well, yeah, usually <laughs> isn't. Yeah. You know, sometimes. So, uh, what what are some of the you mentioned the Amazon Tree Boas, a few other projects? Can you just list off a few other things that you're working on? Like, like I said, you have a very. He's trying different... to get. It. He's trying to get this just... count. <laughs> Tell me how many how many females there. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, growing up. It's always it was always the boas. Yeah. I was actually monitors too at one point. Never became a big monitor guy. I love my monitors, but uh, like uh, boa, I love the locality stuff mostly. Yeah. Um, uh, cockers, uh, Nicaraguans, Hog Island boas. Um, I love my epigrates too, Brazil, uh, Brazilians, Colombians, Guyanas, love those a lot too. Big, a big BCC guy. I love my 
uh, surnames, my Guyans, my MRLI, my Bolivian short tail, sorry for the non-Latin people. Yeah, yeah. Um, those have been primarily the bolo groups. Um, I do work with a lot of, I love my Kondoya, uh, uh, my Kondoya complex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Solomon Island ground bows, the tree bows, the Vibroni, uh, Spera, Aspera, really cool, really under, misunderstood, undervalued. Um, Calibrids, king snakes, milk snakes, rat snakes. <laughs> if, you, if you if you opened yeah. up a book of reptiles, yeah, and you're sort of reading it, those are the ones he likes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, um, Felsuma, I don't, I don't have, yeah, a few. Yeah, uh, euros. You. I'm a big euro guy right now. <laughs> I actually have been for a long time. I always had Mallies, um, but over the last few years, I've gotten some Egyptian, some Garyi, some uh, today or this weekend I picked up some oscillated again for the first time since I was a kid. Um, Euros, lots of fun. Yeah. Is there is there a species that you worked with at one point and you were like, ah, it's not for me? Like I'm, you know, or... Hmm. There's never anything that turned me off. So there's, there's a species I'm working with now that I purposely kept, even though I was really not sure it was for me yeah, yeah. and uh it was the it's the chinese king rat mm -hmm. so yeah see here on your table that's right so um i really like the larger calibrids they remind me of the boa body type larger animal but they're a whole different realm of of, of um care because they're way more active yeah, yeah way more um um agile in your hands and they're way different a big a different challenge for me and the king rats, for anyone that got king rats, are challenging. They're squirrely as hell. They don't necessarily like being touched. And they're big. Uh, they're bigger animals. Well, they're big. Not compared to Bowood, maybe, but they're bigger, yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, I, had, I had a hard time getting used to mine growing up. I kept saying to myself and Ashley, I'm like, they'll calm down eventually. They'll calm down. They'll stop mocking me. They'll stop biting me. Oh, yeah, they'll stop yeah. flying, out of, like, flying out of their viv at me. Is that but, the stinking um, goddess? Is that that? Um, I believe so. Is that the king I rat? So I believe yeah. that's correct. I'm, I'm not big with the common names. So yeah. Throw me. I just remember that as like a moniker for that. I think, I think it's correct. that species. Yeah. Because what's but, the what's the Latin name for it? Carnata. Yeah, Carnata. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that is it. Yeah. The, yeah. So they musk a lot. But so that being said, <laughs> um, so Ashley and I talk about them because Ashley doesn't. Um, she she respects them, um, but because they're so challenging and because they are more flighty animals and because they are bitey animals. I looked at first of it, I was like, ah, oh, I'm not sure I could do this. I'm not sure if it's for me. But then I was like, wait a minute. Because it's hard doesn't make it worse. Yeah. It means it's a challenge. Talk it up. Let's figure this out. Yeah. So I was never good at tailing large colubrids, got better at it. I was never good at, at redirecting colubrids because I never had to. I always had the larger bowheads that never required any redirecting. Because oh, they're so slow. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where I've gone with the larger colubrids is. Uh, with the king rats anyways is, even though I was starting to not like them in the beginning that's kind of the way I've taken it but other than that honestly I've never really run into anything that I, <laughs> I disliked or turned me off it's all different for different reasons you like I like anyways I shouldn't put it on everyone else I like different animals for different reasons I don't have favorites I have areas of interest other yeah. areas of interest yeah like our Felsuma yeah our, our lovely vocal singing devils yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like that too. Like you, you know, you can have a problem area with a species and a lot of times that could be the area that you actually enjoy the most if you have spent some time. Like, you know, yes. you learn how to handle them and tail them and do all this extra stuff that you didn't have the skill set before. And then suddenly that's fun to learn. 
Yeah. But if you use that yeah. as a reason to not actually get into it, then you'll never learn it. And you, you use it as a crutch. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So try to take, remove that line of thought for a minute. Look at it differently. Yeah. And some of it, I think, has to do with how you communicate with the people you have around you to um, have the chats and communication with it can make an animal more or less exciting. Even if it's a challenging animal, you can kind of go with that and be and talk about the challenges and have even just have the debate with your friends of like, no, I'm enjoying this because of this Agreed. And, I, and can make it a little more exciting. Agreed. And yeah. we, we have talked about that uh, again, we at the Phil Suma. Yeah. You and I have talked about that already a couple of times this weekend yeah. because we have Phil Suma on our table and we want to find them appropriate homes. It's keeping it appropriate though. Yes. Beautiful gecko. Incredible. All the Phil Suma are beautiful, but are they appropriate to be handled? No. Yeah. And do we say that to uh, people that are asking questions? Yes. But they shouldn't look at it like, well, I can't touch it, therefore I don't want it. You should look at different animals for different reasons. 100%. Respect them for different reasons. Yeah. Respect the animal for, sorry, microphone, respect the animal for what it is and why. Yes. Not because you want something out of that animal. And we really connected on that. I, I yes. respected that this weekend. I like that. Yeah. Well, it'd be kind of like a dart frog. Like, no one comes to a dart frog table and say, oh, can I handle it? I don't think. Or maybe we could ask yeah. Mark Pepper. I'm sure they're getting that. I'm sure know. he does. People, yeah. people get asked interesting questions. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with. The question, but no. I think the key is the education. Totally, yeah. Because you could have said, yeah, you can work with that gecko, and maybe you could have a gecko that you can hold. But really, realistically, a felsuma, especially a small species, you know, you're going to freak the hell out of it. It's going to be up your wall in two seconds. You're going to be running Some around the catch cup. Yeah, my culture are amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love my culture. They've all been amazing for me. I know people with gold dust that, like, they're like, these are the loveliest little things ever. Yeah. And and you see cool. the ones I in Hawaii, it. right? They feed them right yeah, off the yeah, table. Like, yeah. They just come up right on the table. So it, yeah, it's such a good point. But you can't depend on that. No, is no. the problem. And and, and social media um, can trick people. Prepares people to depend on these special circumstances. You know, yeah, it does. It, there's um, a lot of coercion there. Yeah. yeah, and it's you're you're so right. Like if you want an animal that you could hold, you can get like a boa or a ball python or something that's a little bit more manageable, or even a chameleon, right? Something that's slow and you know you're not gonna be handling yeah. it all the time, but. Like yesterday, you had sold a toke gecko, but you weren't here when it sold. I forget who was here when it sold. Um, and but, you were very so, concerned. Before I walked away, what did I say? Uh, well, I only heard when you came back. Because when you came yeah, back, someone thing. said it was sold. And uh, and then you were kind of concerned. You said, did you tell them it's aggressive? That's the very first Are you, thing I said. And right? you, you were like, please, make sure you... And it's like, yes, we told them. I think Joey maybe sold yeah, it. Yeah, it was Joey. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, that needs to be told. Like, And it was an aggressive toke gecko. It, you, was. it wasn't like... Yeah. No, yeah, you could maybe make it yeah. work, and, like, and, and and she was aware of that. She was cool with that. Yeah, because she. Had but worked but with you look before. at uh, what's her name? Um, I think it reptile smiles on Instagram. Oh, oh, uh, um, Michelle. Yeah, and her toke. It's like a sweetheart. Oh my god. Yeah, some are, some like, are great. It's Same insane. with Dion, right? Dion yeah. has one too. That's and, but hers is like on another level. Yeah, it makes like, no sense. It's, yeah. I have never seen anything like that, and. The problem I have with it becomes it's, it's not I don't want to say problem. It's challenge. It's, yeah. It, it's not what someone is going to encounter when they buy themselves. It's an unreasonable it's okay. expectation. Like that's okay. a that either she's a whisperer for them, which I she does great with animals. So I, I'm sure there's definitely a level of that. You know, or it's just a one-off scenario. Or it's a one-off uh, along with such a good cool person. Looking geckos too. And, and they're so to have to have one that's like Chill. like hangs with her man like it's it is unreal yeah. and and that's one of those hiccups in my opinion of, of it's, kind it's of it's not unheard world. of though 
no, it's not. No, no, really. There's a huge divide between, and that's what part of our job is, right? But there's a huge job a divide between, typically between the people behind the, the the tables here, and the people in the aisles. Yes. Part of our job is to bridge that divide, mm-hmm. right? And not all tokays are aggressive. Most of them typically are, but some of them just require work. Some of them are just better by nature. But yeah. Either way, the the key for me is is to not set a definitive to say that tokays are aggressive. The key is to say the keeper needs to be patient mm-hmm. and yes. learn the needs of the animal. Yeah. yeah. That is the key. Well, the amount of money people spend on training their dog not to eat their shoes, yeah. they'd never think about spending that kind of money to to get, you know, whatever their green iguana not to do something. Or yeah, worry. exactly. You know, it's it's we we haven't equalized them as companions in our lives in society quite yet. Yeah. I'm still trying with my toe case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's, I th- I just like that idea of you get you meet the animal where they are you don't try to take the animal and form it into something that you're expecting it to be which is what social media creates and you're sort of like putting it through this extruder and hoping to get something on the other end it's like no you're the keeper you're the animal has its tools its behaviors it's it's uh whatever and you're meeting it where it is and you interact with it in that zone and every animal has a different zone and that's that's such a key part of keeping animals any any animal yeah and that and that zone changes Totally, yeah. Okay, you, you work know. with that animal, it might, yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, that's yeah. cool. But uh, yeah, awesome. Well, Darren, we're hitting almost three hours here, and we're. Oh, we're, geez. I think my we're ears, start- my ears are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been going a long time. Yeah. So I think we're gonna wrap up. I don't. Is Charles still kicking around? Yeah, well, he he was. You know, what? I think he wanted to come on. I know, but uh, I feel bad because he wanted yeah, to. Come he was walk. lingering, but uh, but you know, we did get to talk to God. Yeah. <laughs> How can you? How, it doesn't seem right to have someone come on after God. It just can't happen. I, he could be anywhere. Is the problem. Yeah, that's the thing. I'll, yeah. I'll tell him I'll do a proper episode with him at some yeah. point. And we'll do a proper episode as well. Sounds great. Because that would be awesome. Well, Darren, thank you so much for dropping so much. by. This is awesome. Uh, you're a wealth of knowledge, and I like your mindset. And, exactly. <laughs> that was on the live. I can't wait to rewatch Woo! that. And uh, we'll let you get back to the booth, thank and you, we'll sir. come pop, pop by great, and thanks. see you in a bit. Yeah, thanks, Darren. That was Talk awesome. Yep. Yeah. That was great. Um, I have to pee so bad. Oh my god! My so ears hurt. My back hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, Emma, I see that you're asking about the uh, the D- Darren's app. I, my guess is he probably can't. I think share. it's. I think it's a private app. Yeah. I don't think he has anything out. It's just his own personal yeah. stuff he's doing. Maybe we can convince him one day. I think the difference between private app and out there is a big difference. Workload. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, we gotta get lunch. I know. Yeah, we, we, we gotta eat. We gotta. Um, <laughs> we're dying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. One. One of the, the only app I've used is actually Husbandry Pro. Uh, for, There's a couple of them. Yeah, there are a good. few of them out there. Yeah. Um, I'm a but, pa- pen uh, and paper guy. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And then I just forget to do any of it. Yeah, I like I like paper. That's why it's fast. Um, I've I've started to try and get better. I'm I'm trying actually. My my latest attempt is I'm I'm taking photos of things okay yeah yeah and then i'm trying to put those photos into folders oh, okay to keep it organized to, and then to you be like and, oh yes yeah, so when happened, were yeah. these eggs laid and yeah, i go to the eggs laid section stamped, yeah and yeah it's kind of kind of really bad but well and i find too with like we don't want to go on a tangent here but with snakes yes, we do. Uh, yeah <laughs> like with snakes i find the uh look at these big boys oh uh big dogs walking by um 
with snakes, I find record keeping is a little bit more important because you could forget like, did I feed this five weeks ago? Six yes. Where ranids or geckos. Yeah, feeding yeah. Every feeding of days. is the feeding. I'm You're not, not taking notes on feeding. No, or snakes no, you no. are because it's a little bit. It's more really like, just eggs and. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, attempts and stuff. Anyway, unless you see Charles, which I don't think. Sorry, Charles. I don't see Charles. I think we're gonna wrap so. up. This is awesome. This, this is a long one. Thanks for sticking through it the whole way. Yeah, yeah. We had yeah. some cool conversations with people today. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a great day. I felt it was like really great day. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, please uh, share it with people because I'm sure you got some. There's amazing golden nuggets within this episode. So oh, thank you for yeah. tuning in. Uh, make sure you go follow Greg at uh, Beneath the Canopy Exotics. Hey, James. And um, I will see you guys in the next episode. Anything from you? I probably won't see you in the next episode, <laughs> yeah. but that's no one's fault but Dylan's. Yeah, that's my fault. Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys very much, and we'll uh, we'll catch you later. Yep. Thanks Bye. a lot.